Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Peace family is 19 Keys with the 19 Keys podcast. You're listening to a high-level conversation. Tap in. All right, a word from one of our sponsors. Make sure you tap into Goldwater Products. After you come listen to the information, you're going to need your memory stimulated so you can download everything in that prefrontal cortex. You want to make sure that hippocampus area of your brain that regulates mood, memory, and learning is fully functional and tapped in. Therefore, you want to tap into Goldwater. They have smart malls, sports malls, vitamin C malls, colloidal silver. They have just about everything that you, your child, and your whole entire family needs to stimulate your brain and your body and to make sure that your immune system is functioning. Before you tap into this great high-level conversation, listen to this song by Tezu Kulando called Goldwater. Peace family, another episode of 19 Keys. Um, I did a survey on online and I asked people, what are some of the topics you like for me to talk about the most? And one of the topics, of course, da, 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 da. Ah, that was my jump row, but it is relationships. And so um, I picked a day on International Women's Day to just have conversations with women um, and to just want to hear their thoughts. And of course, it ended up turning into relationship talk with 19 Keys. So tap in for some great relationship talk. If you all are looking for any advice or you just want to hear millennial conversations about things that's going on today in today's time. Um, it was a great conversation and I brought in many different guests to have this one, this dialogue with me. So, um, yeah, tap in and listen to the questions and uh, hear what I have to say. Some of these ladies have to ask. Peace. Everything will be stored and everything will be saved. So drop a key. And let me know if you're a woman and you're ready. Follow instructions. If you're a woman and you're ready. If you're not a woman, you understand me, then that means that you can't come on the live because it's not your day. But interestingly enough, before we get into that, I wanted to talk about the presidential candidates. Being that it's year of the keys and being that everybody wants to um, position themselves to be the key for the 2020 vision, I had the opportunity, and, and this is not something that I usually do, Okay, cool. We're getting the keys dropping. This is not something that I usually do is actually review politics in a way that I've been reviewing it. But it's interesting because and the way that psychology can be used against people in a way that the group mind is being used against people in a way that we've never seen it um, is interesting to study because in the study in the effects of who these politicians will be, you know, you sort of get to see the future being molded. And so um, one thing I learned throughout all of the politicians that I looked at is a lot of them were heavy problem based. Right. They were selling the problem heavy. You know, they were against Trump. They were against this. There was a problem with this problem with that. And in this modern world that we're living in, you know, we have all of these different solutions that are that can be viable for, you know, changing a lot of change. Right. 
but not a lot of them wanted to come on there and uh, promise those different solutions and talk about those solutions and things that they will do and things that we can do and talking about tangible things that currently exist because that's what Year of the Keys is about, the things that currently exist that we can use to shift the paradigm. And so there was one candidate, of course, that got on there. I forget his full name. Uh, let me pull it up so I don't get it wrong. But it's an Asian guy that got on there. And I believe his name is uh, something Yang. Let me pull it up because I don't want to get this wrong because I was listening to him and, and 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 I liked some of what he had to say because of his style and approach to problem solving and solution based thinking. And I thought that it was amazing because it's a style that we rarely see, but it comes from the entrepreneur mindset because he's an entrepreneur. And so therefore he was talking about ways, you know, um, how entrepreneur would solve a problem, you know, and how entrepreneurs would go about, you know, uh, fixing things. And he's also in a tech space. So it's about applicable information. There you go, Andrew Yang. And so when I listen to a lot of the other candidates, uh, Corey Bookman or the other lady, I forget her name. It, 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 you know, I heard them problem based, problem based. And they was also trying to appeal to the crowd mind, especially the black crowd, because, you know, when it comes talking about the crowd mind, you're talking about a, 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 in a black crowd, we can be appealed through our group think through a feminine aspect, meaning our emotional brain. And we can be swayed through the sentiments and assuaged through the sentiments of our emotional side. And so a lot of people want to tell their stories and try to become emotionally connected or, you know, uh, pull up hot topics, you know, and, and that becomes the appeal and that becomes the drive to vote for them. But of course, Yang, um, for one, I like the fact that he probably doesn't have that ability. So he has to be more dry cut with his approach towards, um, okay, this is one of my solutions. I'm gonna sell you. This is another solution. I'm gonna sell you. This is what where I would do as a business solution manager. This is what I would do as a tech guy in this space. This is some of the emerging technologies that I see coming that is going to be a future disruptive wave. And this is something that I can see sort of head off and curve that. And I'm like, wow, this is the one of the first times that you know um, I've seen a candidate approach it from that manner. They usually approach it from a very suave, charismatic way. And speaking of women's history, you got the um, the 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 congressman in uh, Somalia um, that I was just looking at. I can't remember her name either. I'm so terrible at names. But she was talking about how Obama gave us a pretty face, but he was a murderer. Basically, we basically uh, we we let him away with murder. And so she was talking about he ran off some of the same fundamental ideologies that Democrats. And, and, and Republicans have always used. He didn't really give us any change, and he didn't. He didn't have to because people accepted the idea. You felt good about him, but it wasn't based off what he did. It was based off how he made you feel. And someone coming from the Asian community has a lot to prove because they're such a big stranger that it's like, no, you have to give us tangibles. If you don't give us anything tangible, I don't even see you as an option. And so I just kind of wanted to give um, my thought process on what I thought about that, because a lot of us are a lot of you all on this line. You still vote. You know, you still are involved in a political process. 
And, you know, you still are encouraged by these things and believe that we have, you know, a, a sense of power. And, you know, a few of these things sounded kind of like Bernie Sanders, very, you know, fantastical and magical. The one thing about Bernie Sanders is he has a track record of talking good, but he doesn't actually have a legislative record of, of doing good. And so that's one of the one things that I noticed and when we, we, we were trying to talk about, they were trying to talk about tangibles with him. Yeah, Ilhan Omar. Uh, and when they're trying to talk about tangibles with him, he started talking about his past of when he was in college and he was in civil rights movements and stuff like that, as if that track record matters when nobody cares. I don't care if Donald Trump was uh, uh, in the ranks of the FOI. If he's not doing anything, that doesn't matter. You understand me? I don't care if Bill Clinton you know, met with Donald Elijah Muhammad, you know what I'm saying, and every a black leader that ever existed. You can't, but see what they're trying to do is they always trying to appeal to your emotion. And when they appeal to your emotion, because they know that the group think, think of black people is, it's a feminine group think. And when we do that, we can be, you know, uh, manipulated, controlled through the conscious emotion of our collective group thinking. So, you know, I just want you all to think in the individual manner of, for one, get rid of your collective thoughts, you know. And what you see and share, the opinions, the sentiments, the ideas that you see and consistently shared on social media. You have to remember that those are not your ideas. But once you log on, you are logging into the group mind. You are logging into the sentiments of the group mind. And so you have to be careful of being assuaged by those thoughts and allowing those to become yours, even though your individual thought process may be a lot more critical and deep thinking. And so if you was looking at it from so if you're looking at it from an individual standpoint, then you're going to assess critically much differently than you would assess saying that, oh, this person thought that, that person thought that, this political pundit thought that. You're going to take on the idiocracy and the stupidity of the crowd because the crowd lowers its intelligence once you become a part of it. And this is a, a, a characteristic to define whether you're part of the crowd. We're talking about anytime a group of people you know, three, four, five, six more people come together. And Instagram is an instantaneous crowd because people are always together and you're always sharing that collective thought. What's up, Dana Chanel? You in the building. I said I wanted to talk with women. If I can get you on here to talk some of that good business because, man, you're doing an amazing job over there. Um, but so, yeah, I wanted to do that because that's, that's one of the root things that I think um, that I find dangerous, that I find extremely dangerous um, in our decision-making abilities, you know, um, as a whole. And individuals have studied us so well. And now their tool of study is experimentation through technology. And in that study, they get to learn more and more about us. And especially us being a consumer-based um, people instead of the business people that's running the things we're becoming, you know, and, and they already know we're consumer-based people because we're an aspirational people, uh, meaning that even when things are not being sold to us or not for us, um, because we're aspirational, that we want we want those things. And so it's just very, very dangerous that I see what's happening. And so I wanted to position and put that in there for those are some of my thoughts for the day <clears throat> that I see that can help people guide through. These, these these particular changes that consistently happening, and I think individuals are consistently caught up in their distracting thought process because that's where the group mind is, and that's why documentaries work today when they didn't work, you know, years ago is because 
you're not assessing these things alone individually in your house watching something. You're now assessing these with a crowd around you and whatever the crowd feels you take as your sentiment of thought. You understand me? And so that's the interesting thing that I see as I go through an analysis of the current reality that where we will be and how dangerous this will be. Because as we're discussing things in the culture that are emotionally um, sensitive, we also should be approaching when these jobs become automated, how will we have a how will we have a place in this? You know, how will be how will we train our children to know how to, you know, uh, do business in the new emerging economy with with AI? And how do we head off some of this machine learning or how do we use this to the best of our benefits? And when we get into that sort of thinking, then we we are completely solution based, but we are distracted you know, because we get caught up in the the feelings and the sentiment of the crowd that are not even our individual thoughts. So like I say, um, once a person enters the social media sphere, they're no longer that individual that may have been a genius on their own, you know, but once they enter the 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 sphere of the social media, then they take on the intelligence of the crowd mind. And so that's the danger that I see. So now that I got that out the way and I got some of that thought out there, um, um, let's go ahead and bring some women in that want to talk. And you know, we don't have to talk relationships. We can talk about anything. So I don't want to confine, constrict the conversation. But um, for those who are ready to speak, and I know y'all dropped keys earlier, redrop the keys and let me know if you're willing to come on here and I can share some time in the platform with you. And I just want to say... Uh, I know all of those seeing um, the good woman, Dana Chanel. Look, if you, I say follow her because um, she has tangibles. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. She has tangibles and uh, it, she's showing you as, for one, they're showing you, I would say, as a as a family unit, how to do business um, and not just how to talk about it. But also if you, if you watch it from a strategy point, they have a very transparent business model. Uh, and they let you just get to look in the window as they cook, you know, you know, and not just get to stare at the dish. Dana Chanel. And here's the thing. I'm Muslim and she's a super Christian entrepreneur. You understand with the sprinkle of Jesus. But um, when, when it comes to our people, um, I don't see religion. <laughs> like white people say, I don't see color. I don't see religion. The sister put it up there. Dana Chanel. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, so. Drop a key if you're ready, ladies. Let's get in here and have some of these conversations. What's up, my YouTube people? How y'all feeling over there? Let me know if y'all have any questions as well. Come on now. Don't be shy. Y'all were dropping all them keys at first. Tell me y'all ready. I'm ready as well. Let's get it in. Okay. Okay, so we're gonna do an order, and I don't want to have the entire live um, taken apart by one person. So we are we are gonna limit the time um, with each um, conversation to a few points. But I'm gonna start off with going live with Oh, that's Mohawk. Mohawk. Oh, that's a Mohawk. I think that's on that. And I'm gonna do it in order, so there's no um, bias or discriminatory practices upon my part as I share the platform. All right. <clears throat> so I'm bringing people in. Don't be surprised if I picked you and say, oh, I didn't know you was going to pick me. I'm clicking the screen right now. 
and I'm trying to bring in oh that's Mohawk. It seems to be loading up, so we'll see. Well, she doesn't seem to be able to come in. I'm not sure if it's my live stream or hers. But I'm not sure if I have time to figure all that out. So I'm going to go to the next person. Because, you know, I'm not sure if you're trying to get ready and all of that good stuff. All right. So I'm going to go to the next person because she wasn't able to be brought in. Um, Ash, let me know if you're trying to come in too, because I would like to talk to Ash. All right, let's see. Um, come on now. All right. So y'all dropping that key, but y'all don't seem to be ready. So if I'm not going to bring anybody in, just ask questions. You say it wasn't connecting? All right, let me try again. <clears throat> you have I'm via it's via Instagram, YouTube. All right. There you are. It's connecting now. Okay, well, yeah, I know I can see you. I can see you. Um <laughs> uh blessings, good sister. First of all, what's your name and where are you from? So my name is Shamika and I'm from Oakland, California. Okay, you front of town. Blessings, Shamika. Town, nice to town, meet. town, town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, we just here sitting here having a conversation, different women across the world. Uh, what's on your mind today? So, um, I guess I want to know, does people, does men, and I know you said we could talk about anything, but since you referenced relationship, um, I would, I would want to ask, does men pass like their their adolescent blueprint have a lot to do with the way that they treat um, women and multiple women? Because it, it seems like it, I guess I, I I could say that um, a lot of people that I come across um, in this in the dating field a lot to do with the way they treat women has to do with. Um, they have like blueprints, the things that they went through. So, is, is am I correct? Or um, I would say that just a bit. Something else. Um, just just um across the spectrum of human behavior has a lot to do with how you raise, and you know um the things that you've seen growing up, and the things that you were taught, and the things that you observed, or the things that you weren't taught. And so, a lot of people are victims to their observation and victim to the uh, the programming that they've went through that doesn't allow them to grow out of the construct of their programming. And so okay. that's the interesting thing. And so I, I have a lot of empathy for a lot of people across, you know, the spectrum, just because I know that as like, as I always say, not everybody has a key in their life. Not everybody has somebody guiding them in the right direction, teaching them the right things, showing them the right things. So observed behavior is something that's perpetuated later on because a human being essentially as we grow in our bodies, you know, and we grow in brain development, it doesn't mean that we necessarily grow in better knowledge. You understand me? And so there's an assumption that because a person is 25 or 30 or 40 that they should know better. 
you know, but the only way a person know better is if they actually have knowledge of self to do better and they have experiences that cultivate that into wisdom of doing better. So if a person was never shown better, regardless of whatever age, you know, and, and I also looking at it, and I, and I say that because the way I'm looking at like, you know, man, the way I qualify man is based on one who fits the correct principles of conduct and characteristics of a man and principles of a man. But otherwise, it can just be a boy that is grown. You understand me? So there are a lot of grown males or a lot of grown boys. Right. And 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 then there's there's some people that have gotten as far as what they were taught, like as far as what they know is the best thing to do. They're trying to do that. But then there's a level of growth that they may have never been exposed to. So I, I always say that, you know, there's development into manhood and masculinity. And then there's divine level of manhood and masculinity, which means of the higher mind. And so there's a lot of men in basic in basic form of what it means to be a man, they have reached that. They're learning to provide and protect and produce. But when it comes to particular uh, sensitive faculties that they can have in empathizing, understanding a woman and understanding self, they may not have those qualities, you know? And so that possession has to be cultivated and has to evolve within a person. And so anytime that we're, I think, assessing um, one another from the opposite sexes, we first have to look within first, right? And we can also parallel our own behavior and experiences. So you have to ask yourself. Right. I agree, I agree, yeah. If, if you watch nothing but toxic relationships growing up, unless you have something outside of that that's showing you a better model, you're going to grow, you know, perpetuating that observed behavior, a mirroring it in a lot of ways, even, but sometimes we got a moral compass that tells us, no, that's not right. Right. And, 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 and here's the thing about that. Um, you know, we was we had a pair. We had a uh, greeting meet in Dallas and um, Brother Ben had told the story about. Um, yeah, he told the story about um, one one boy that grew up and watched his father uh, be absent. And the excuse was that he said that, well, I didn't have my father, you know, what I mean, in my life. So that's why I became a shitty father. Right. And then the other boy, that, and then that same son grew up and said that my father wasn't there in my life. And that's why I don't want to be a shitty father. And so you get See, both of the, the, both sides of that spectrum. Right. 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 And, and so you get somebody that looks at that and they're completely um, um, instead of like attracted to it, you know, they, they want to cut off that cycle and cut off that perpetuation of that cycle. And so it's like right. as human beings, there's there's a lot of fault in everything that we do. Just because you have to ask yourself, well, I'm human, too, and I didn't make that decision. But at the same time, I look at it from, you know, a standpoint of we're the career cultivation of everything that we go through. All ideas, suggestions. There's many different things that human beings go through in the dichotomy of who, what makes you who you are that creates your current programming. They'd be like, OK, this is why I behave that way. That's why I behave that way. Right. And so I look at it between the ages of like 
one through seven is like when you purely programmed. You understand me? Like the stuff you're watching your right. parents do, peers like do, friends. Right. And you don't realize how much of that is affecting you as adult, because if you can't remember everything, like you got to think about how much that we remember. If you go through your mind right now, there's certain key right. things that pass down throughout the year. But that doesn't discount that every second of your life, you are still being shaped by experiences. And so a lot of right. men never go through the study of the woman. Right. Because as I made plenty of mistakes in my life. I'm a type of person that goes into a uh, a study of self afterwards, and that you get that right. sort of self accusing spirit within that 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 punishes you because you know better. You understand me? But the right. the more you know better, and when you do something that's wrong, the more accusations from within come in, and the more you want to fix that so that you don't have that same guilty spirit on you, you know, continuously throughout your life. But not everybody goes through experiences and reflects and learn and do better. You understand me? Some people go through that experience and they kind of get the, so what? I don't give a fuck. So what? I, I can right. do this. Or they don't think right. of it of it that bad. And so they continue to go through that experience and it becomes their character. And so when it becomes your character and it becomes who you are, you 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 sort of um, um, wipe away any toxic behavior saying that, so what? That's just me. You understand me? Instead of saying you got the ability to change. And we used to say that an old dog can be caught, taught new tricks. And we know that scientifically that's not true. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? And so, you know, a lot of men, you, you just have to act. You just have to look at them and see what level they at and what level they're willing to be at. You know, and, and through social media, through examples in their real life, if they have an example of a man in their life or seen an example of a man, then they're guilty of following that model of becoming better or they're guilty of saying that I don't want to be like that. I enjoy whatever current level I met and however people is affected by it. That's just how they affected by it. But I'm going to continue to do what I do. And then that part is coming upon anybody that comes in contact with that person to be like, that's who they are. You understand me? Let me stay away. Instead of we trying to say, I see who they are. But I'm gonna fuck with them for who I want them to be, and that's and the I don't danger. Think that's good because I think that's almost like turning apples into oranges. Like you can't turn apples into oranges. Like this is the orange. This is the orange. Like you can't. I don't. I don't like you can change people. I really don't. No, only only person that has the power to change is themselves. And you know, you can you can suggest sure. change. You know, but right. if a person doesn't want to change, then they will continue to remain who they are. And I've learned this with family. You know, I've learned this, friends, peers, many different people. We resort back to our habits of what makes us comfortable. You know what I mean? Right. And outside right. that comfort habit. zone, like you can be telling me the truth, but that's outside my comfort zone. I don't want to do that. But if you have a person right. that's willing to go outside their comfort zone to make those changes and also to look at themselves as ugly in the mirror to be like, damn, if what they said is true about me, then I'm not a good person at the moment. You understand me? And if I'm not a good person, then I need to do that inner work that's going to make me better. But not everybody is willing to look in the mirror. People are willing to see through their eyes, but not with their vision, not with like their heart and their mind. And so that's that inability to see yourself um, kills your ability to change your reflection of what you see. You understand me? So a lot of people just don't evolve because they don't want to see who they are. And then if you show them who they are, then they're going to get mad because you're trying to force them to face themselves. Right. That's crazy. Right. That's crazy. But, but yeah, you know what I'm talking about? It's just a couple of thoughts. 
from that question. I appreciate it. Well, good sister, I plan on doing something in Oakland soon, man. I hope to see you there if we throw an event okay. soon. Yes. Okay. What, what part of Oakland are you from? East Oakland. Okay. I just moved from 76. I'm from 35th. Okay. Um, but I just moved from 35th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Peace and blessings, good sister. I so appreciate you for tapping in. Real soon, my brother. For sure. Just stay tapped in. Thank you. Thank you. All right, family. Who else has some um, enlightening, sparking conversation to add to this? You know what I mean? This thought process. I see my mom's in the building. She ain't never trying to go live, though. It's all good. Uh, but who want to go live right now? Drop the key. Okay. Ash says she want to go live. So we about to go live with Ash real quick. We try, we gonna try to get to as many people as possible. Peace and Hi. blessings. First of all, tell the people what's your name and where you from, Ash. My name is Ashley. I'm from Mobile, Alabama. Okay, shout out Mobile. Uh, yeah. Um. So, what's the dialogue you want to get into uh, tonight? I really came on here to talk about our event coming up. Okay. Twenty third. Okay, and, and and so it's gonna be in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, where is it going to be at? It's going to be downtown at Urban Styles. Okay, solid. From 3 to 6 p.m. Solid. And um, so also, um, the, the announcement that we haven't made is we're bringing Brother Ben with us as well um, to Mobile, Alabama. So if anybody is out there, you definitely don't want to miss this paradigm shifting event. Um, tap in with the good sister on all of the details. I, I think I'm going to go ahead and drop the flyer before tonight um, so you all know it's real. You understand me? I wanted to do another one where Brother Ben was included um, so uh, we can do something like that as well. Um, yeah. But was there so so you a businesswoman and you know um, you came to our Houston event. And that was a beautiful event. And, you know, we've done some business together. You did got some consultations, uh, a few other things. And um, you've been running business for a while now, and you, you're learning to evolve in business and get a better sense of it so you can have continuous growth. And so my question of it is, you know, um, as a businesswoman, where do you see the opportunities or, or do you see opportunities um, that are in more of abundance for women to get in business? Yes, definitely. You just have to find your passion, do your research, find mentors like you, get a consultation because you gave me so many business ideas. Like you sparked my business a lot. So you just got to when you get in tune, everything will just become aligned. So mm. Facts. that's how it's for me. Facts, facts. And, and so you said research was so was so important. That's a component that not um, everyone adds when they talk about getting business. It's always the, like, the inspiration and the motivation and this and that and that and the third. But the hard part is like that research that you have to do and then executing upon that research. Um, you and, have yeah. to know what you're talking about. You guys, people going to have questions. For every question, you got to have an answer. And it's gotta be, it's gotta be right. It's gotta be real. So you have to do your research, and even doing your research, 
not only going to help everybody else, it's going to help you get deeper into your talent and your passion. Because it's things that I'm learning with my spirituality. It's like a never-ending cycle. So I learn every day. Factors, factors. All right, let me see. I'm trying to see if anybody in the quest. So first of all, tell the people what your business is so you can get a little free promotion here as well. Um, I have a spiritual business, spiritual tools. I sell crystals. Um, I just started selling candles, risky charge, energy candles, intention candles. Um, the bracelets, the bracelets, um, crystals, all kinds. I even have face rollers now, crystal face rollers, like okay, whatever. So. I, I do the card readings, whatever. Whatever you need, I got got crystals, I got everything. Okay, blessings, blessings. So they can tap in with you for the full Kundalini experience. Go and get their spirituals right, get all of their provided tools necessary to cleanse their environment from the inner to the outer. Make sure y'all tap in with my good system, man. I'm gonna type in my business page. Um, come shop with me. There and we'll you go. also be doing a pop up event at your and brother Ben's event also. Okay, so yeah, so, so as y'all heard, it's the twenty third. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. So the twenty third, Mobile, Alabama. Two weeks. You only got two weeks. Make sure y'all um y'all ready for all the announcements. Make sure you RSVP. Make sure you go be there. Make sure you tap in. Cause we gonna be in the city. It's gonna be my first time out there. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be brother Ben first time as well. So I just can't wait to see all of the good people, and uh, I just can't wait to experience the love and the good energy, man, and shift another paradigm in another state, in another city. And I'm being brought out by a black woman. Come on, now we tapped in. And I wish I had my crown on tonight. I just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you probably would attend next yourselves tonight if you had the crown on. But you know, next time we learn from our mistakes. Mm -hmm. Next time. Yeah, yeah. So I, all right, cool. So I appreciate you tapping in, though, good sis. Thank you. You have a blessed evening. You too. All right, all right, all right. So we got relationship questions. We got business. We got a bunch of stuff. As y'all can see, man, I'm working together with black women. You know what I'm talking about? That's how you really celebrate. You got to work with them. All right. My crown is in my cerebellum. Okay. Okay. That's what's up. Blended. I'm going to bring you in next. Blended. Hey. Peace and blessings. Good sister. What's your name and where are you from? Um, Brianna. Okay. How are you? Oh, I'm blessed, Brianna. How about yourself? I'm amazing. I'm grateful. I'm alive. Abundance. So abundance. For surely. Yes. 1,000%. For surely. How does it feel being a um, black woman today? Let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. No, that was the question. That was the question. Oh, you said. <laughs> no, I kind of wanted to piggyback off of. Um, no, we got a veggie time, back. We got a veggie back. We don't do pork. No pork on the oh. pork. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, nah, well, go first ahead. Of all, um, I'm actually from Miami, Florida. So, okay. Um, I saw your video on YouTube and I was like, how are you going to get on live? So I kind of found you here. But my question was to veggie back on, well, I wanted to veggie back on the first young lady. Um, a comment was made about how kind of she runs into guys who were not really, I guess, on intellectually on her level and on her vibration. And um, what I wanted to say was that we all, we attract who we are, right? 
And then sometimes, and in some cases, it may not be in the exact same form of how, of who they're attracting. So for instance, um, I was in a relationship with a young man, not even really a real relationship, but he was super selfish, right? Um, very controlling, manipulative, um, right? And just overall kind of like verbally, not abusive, but he was trying to like hold me hostage emotionally. And I always wonder, I'm like, well, dang, if I am who I'm attract, who I, I attract, like, why am I attracting these assholes, right? Or why am I attracting guys who are so selfish and so, you know, um, who had anger issues and, and that's the case. And, it, and then I had to take a look at myself, as you said, um, objectively. And that's probably one of the most difficult things for us to do, especially as people of color, um, it's hard to place ourselves outside of ourselves and to just look at ourselves as if we were gods and just looking at the picture as if it was like one big movie. And then um, not criticizing ourselves, but just analyzing ourselves and who we were in that situation or who we were being, what our intentions were in that situation. And then I realized that I came to the realization that even though he was selfishly outward, I was being selfish inwardly. So the way that I was being selfish was um, being overly nice to him because I wanted to have a future with him. And that was selfish because I wasn't genuinely being his friend and I wasn't genuinely being there for him. So I was being selfish because I myself wanted something in return, even though I wasn't outwardly being selfish. So I wanted to just say that what you said was spot one. And then also um, I have a question for you. Um, in my journey of becoming a queen and a god myself, um, I find myself, I see myself talking to men um, as if they were a king, right? So I try to talk to the king within them. However, somehow they're not in tune with that king. So it, it comes across that I may be being very, like, not militant, but very uh, nagging, per se, or... Um, I'm being too hard on them. And for me, I'm like, no, I'm just speaking life into you. Because I understand and I understand the fact that the black man is, is, is powerful beyond his imagination. He has no idea. Um, fortunately, you do. And you've come into that. But a lot of our men have not. And so my question to you would be, how do I, um, I guess, spark the oh she's talking to a, the man in me and not the nigga who they told me I was um first of all that's a great question uh <clears throat> and um you know it, it, it's very interesting when you're speaking to people based on their potential you know rather than based on their reality mm -hmm. and so it, there's a disconnect there though obviously because a person can't hear you Hello? from yeah I can hear you a person can't okay. a person can't hear you from where they will be. They can only hear you from where they are. From where they're at. Right. And so it's kind of like um uh if, if if one day I'm gonna own a skyscraper and I'm sitting at the top of that skyscraper, you know, and you go visit that building and you go to the top and you be like, Keys, what's up? How you doing? Pleasure to meet you, but I'm not there yet. So you're talking to an empty room. You understand me? You gotta find where I'm at currently instead of where I or will be or could be. But I only say that in this manner is that oftentimes we speak above people instead of speaking to people, you know. And so in that cadence, it can sound 
authoritarian. You know, it, it sounds like a, a parent speaking to me rather than someone that's lifting me up, you know. And so doing that is recognizing those details that you can fix because you're going directly to big picture. Like, no, I'm speaking to the God. Right. But what makes a God? What makes a king? Right. So first you would have to build that person up and then speak to who they are. Right. So when you going into the details, which the women have the great ability to do is to go into details and find the potential of a man and nurture that existence until, you know, that person becomes that. But I think a lot of people have expectations and judgments like you're not the God that I, I want you to be. And so sometimes the tone can even be condescending because you're speaking wow. to people based on their potential instead of their reality. And so it's like, 100%. yeah, if, if you're a teacher and you you got fifth grade students and you know one day they're going to be in the sixth grade, you speak to them still based on the curriculum of the fifth grade so they can graduate to the sixth grade. You're not saying that, damn, how come y'all not as mature? Or, uh, you know what I mean? It's like you have to bring and build people up. And if you have that ability as a so woman you, to build men you, up, then you can uh, do that. So I'm sorry to cut you off, King. Um, how do I... How do I well, build first, a person up? Well, first you have to build yourself up, right? And the more you yep. get in tune with self is the more you'll be able to understand others because you have to be careful of, you know, um, manufacturing our flaws onto other people and wanting them to, and like, just because you know a man can be a God, you kind of put right. guilt on him. Like, you know what I mean? Be this thing. But if you get okay. into the full development of your goddess and your feminine divine, then it gives you the ability to be able to see those details with your intuition of thought and to be able to cultivate that person that has that willingness to want to grow. The only thing that see a person has to have that willingness to want to grow. If he doesn't want to become okay. a God, then you're pulling on a dog, right? But if a person wants to become a God, wow. then you're helping cultivate him into that Godhood that he wants to go with, right? So you right. can't force anybody to be somewhere. They're in going to we seen situations like that where individuals with someone that they know is great for them, they mess up that, they get out of it, and then the best thing that that person does is they reflect upon the relationship they was in and then they were able to measure how much growth that they went through while they was in it. And so then that person becomes even better for you, but by that time they didn't treat you wrong and didn't realize how much they had. You understand me? So there's a dangerous because a lot of times we're we're creating the person we want to be with, but not, but for the next person they're going to be with. They're not going to be that person for you, right? So here's the thing about, uh, and, and to go back a little further into your older thought of why you you can, you know, they always say you are who you're with. And to qualify that statement is more so about, you know, you attract what you think, right? Whatever your current model of thinking, whatever your program of thinking, right? So if you're with somebody in a long-standing relationship, and you with them for a long time, your programming in, in, in your thinking, your pattern of thinking is going to be based off all their habits and only this relationship, right? So even when you get out that relationship, the only thing that you have vibrating to attract, because when you're talking about attracting, you got to get it down to, you know, what the science of attracting anything is. You have either repelling thoughts or you have attracting thoughts. Those, those attracting thoughts are that pattern of thinking that you have. You understand me? So if all you know is your old boyfriend, then all you can attract, you know, is the characteristics of your old boyfriend and the next person that's similar because that's the only signal you have that's beaming outward. You understand me? You can only see from that lens. That's so, where you're vibrating. Right. So it's not until you become more, 
you understand, aspirationally, and you able to think more and you able to think outside that paradigm, then you have the ability to attract something different. You understand me? But people are trying to attract something different by knowing what they want or, or thinking they know what they want. Like, no, nah, I don't want a bad man like that anymore. I want a good man. I'm not attracting a good man. Well, you only have within your mind, within your pattern of thinking is the characteristics of that same model. So you right. just go keep attracting that same model. You understand me? So it's not until we become more than we can attract more. So in that statement, you have to ask yourself that, yes, I want this person to be in the full development of they got, but am I the full development of mine, right? Because you learn a lot more about yourself and you answer these questions when you do all that internal work of who you are. You understand me? And when you see what you attract, I'm like, damn, these are just my current level of thoughts. But as you evolve more, and a lot of people are afraid of this single fundamental thing, and this is why they can't get to the type of person that they want to be like. And that's because they don't know how to be alone, right? People are, now, I'm not talking about being alone because you're forced to be, because you can't find the right person. I'm talking about being alone because you're doing the right kind of work to make sure that you evolve into, in, into becoming a better person. And then that's when you get into your 100-100. Because I don't believe in people bringing 50 or 50 to the table or 75, 50. I believe you got to be 100. The next person got to be 100, right? Because yeah. then y'all, whatever y'all add to the table is extra, right? So if you messing up, my happiness was never dependent upon who you were in the first place, right? Yeah. But the problem is, is that we get to 80%, then we want somebody else to be 120 to fill in that which we missing. You understand me? Wow. Which means they always got to work overtime. So anytime that they working under, you understand me, it's going to cause an imbalance within that. And so I heard a pastor say, I think one of the greatest things, um, and he was saying that two people should focus in on a relationship is not what the other person is doing for them, but what y'all doing for each other, right? Because you don't have any focus time outside of that to even think about this person not doing that, that person not doing that. You just thinking about, damn, how am I meeting their needs? How am I doing that? And if the other person right. is parallel and is mirroring that same thing, then y'all focus inward to how much y'all can do for each other. You understand me? And so that right. becomes a whole different thought process that you all have because y'all think about how much y'all can build together because two entities come together to create a third. You understand me? Y'all come together to create a third, not just coming together right. to... Yeah, you know I mean, fill in whatever insecurities or flaws that each person has. That's, right. you know, in the sense of like the healthy part. But then y'all do so much work together because, you know, essentially, you, you know, being with another person is a, a very tough thing to do. You understand me? And, and I mean, it especially in today's time, we have to update. Right. We have to update our thought process on what it looks like getting into a relationship with a human being in 2019. I'm not talking about five years ago. No, in 2019 with all of the complexities that exist. Right. So, so even our standards have to be updated. Exactly. And, and, and so, yeah, if we want to go with our, our grandfather's grandmother's thought process of old fashioned, you know, way of creating family and marriage, that's cool. Principle wise. But the structure has to look different today because we're not in that time. So even the success of their marriage that they met today wouldn't look the same as if they met in the 50s or 60s or 70s. Matter of fact, we got to ask ourselves, if we look at marriages that lasted for 40 years, would it be the same if those two people met in 2019? Would they last for 40 years? So Probably not. not not based off those same structure and those same rules, right. because even for a man, it may have been easier to be in a relationship when more of a patriarchal thought was reigning more supreme. 
But now that the structure has crumbled, it's much harder in a lot of instances for a man to redefine what it means for him to have power in a relationship. You understand me? And the complexities that may exist when a person is talking about submitting to each other. You understand me? So even though dynamics have to change, so it's like going back to the drawing board and y'all building a relationship together. Instead of coming with all the preconceived notions, structures, ideologies, indoctrinating thoughts, you're saying that this is what our relationship looks like, and then y'all can build upon that because that's an agreement of terms that y'all coming to. So I appreciate you for tapping in. Thank you. I appreciate you, King. <laughs> no, no, that problem. was great. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great night. You as well. All right, tap in, people. Let me know if y'all got some more thoughts over there. My paradigm shift to cut. I'm not bringing in no fellas. Stop saying bring me in. Let the ladies get a day. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, bring me in. I once said, um, on a podcast that if there was no more women existing in the world, I, I would have no reason to live. Like I'm, I'm gone. I'm out of here. I don't believe in suicide. Right. But if it's like no more women exist in the world, I gotta go. I gotta go. I'm about to meet y'all wherever you, whatever your celestial energy has traveled to. I'm coming. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I gotta go. <laughs> Ain't no way I just be sitting around. It's just a bunch of dudes. Oh, oh, I'm out of here, y'all. I'm, I'm adios. I see y'all later. You know what I'm talking about? All right. So let's see who we got on here. Um, I said blended next, so we'll go blended. There you go. For real though, you gotta be honest with yourself. See, women, I feel like women can do a lot longer without men. Like they they gonna be kicking in social groups and all kinds of different stuff. But with men, chaos erupts much faster. I'm out the door. Well, I'm at least on another planet or something. Like I know Mars got some women. You know what I'm saying? Or Venus or something, but I ain't standing on Earth. Uh peace and blessings, good sister. Tell the people what's your name and where you from. Blessings, blessings. You know what I'm talking about? California tapping in tonight. Love All right, it. so um, <laughs> what's, what, what, what's on your mind? Well, I have a general question more so for the single ladies. I'm pretty sure there's a few of us in here. Um, my question is, as a woman being single, single, as far as not entertaining a man, uh, being celibate, not um, having much interaction, like not casually dating, any of that. Um, my question is, when you get comfortable with yourself and you're by yourself for a while, how do you even open up or allow somebody in that space or even um, start having those thoughts to accept some type of relationship or even the thought of um, having somebody to interact with? because being single sometimes you can um get comfortable in that space and okay in that space so my question is more so uh the the not um when we had our consultation not um chasing more so attracting but then also allowing yourself to um be open to a relationship i guess i would say 
Yeah. Oh, and that's a heavy question. And, and, and then let me preface this whole conversation <laughs> by first saying I'm not an expert at all. These are just these. Are, I, I'm humbly assisting in any question, you know, in any path of thought that a person brings to me. And um, I want to say that because um, that's a very expert based opinion. I mean, thought uh, and, and, and being able to answer this question. But, um, you know, anytime, you know, a person spends time alone, you know, and, and, and you become more valuable in your long time, meaning that you're adding more onto self. You're becoming a better person. Like you're adding all of these great qualities onto self. And when you're spending all of that time alone, what, what can possibly sometimes erode is your sociability skills, you know, um, and being able to talk to people and things of that nature because you're so used to spending time alone. Right. And, and I say that from like an introvert standpoint, like I know when I'm in my reading mode and, th and stuff like that is different than when I'm in my extrovert social mode and, and, and speaking to more people and broadening my horizons. And so, you know, but the, the best thing that you can do, though, and when you're spending time developing yourself is to cultivate a thought process of knowing mm -hmm. what your worth is and then also spending time specifying what you want. You know, because when you spend time developing self, you start to learn what you know, what, what you want from yourself. Right? right. But you also have to take some of that time spending knowing what you want from a partner. Right. So right. If you create that list and you create those ideas and that model of what you want. When you're ready to attract that thing, then you want to accept nothing less than what you've put out there. Right. And I don't mean it in like, oh, this person got to make a million dollars, got to look like keys. Gotta, you know what I'm talking about? No, I just flat. <laughs> no, I just flat, just flat. No, no, but, no, no, but seriously, though, like we, we, we got to create, like if you want to, like you have to create a standard of something that you want. And the more specific you can get in that standard, yeah, you know I mean, the easier it is, I believe, to attract that what you want instead of walking outside like, okay. Where they at? No, you're not even you don't even notice certain things. Like when you go shopping for a BMW, you're not looking at our Toyotas on the road like, damn, it's not enough cars. Like, no, you're only looking at the different model of, of, of BMWs that you want. You just pick them from the different classes, the different years, how they run. You understand me? Is the engine right? You feel me? Like, how does it work? What's the miles on it? All of those different things. But when you don't even know what model you want, then you just walking outside saying that, damn, I'm just a little overwhelming because of all of these different choices. You understand me? So that's why I think it's important for us to determine first and specify what we want. And that's why the inner work is important because it lets us know in their reflective time of what do we really want. I'm not talking about what your friends say you want, what your parents say you want, what society. I'm talking about what you think you want and then also quite qualifying that for what will be the best for my future, what will be the best for my children, because I know we're not thinking that large, you understand me? But it's like, anytime you lay down with a person, y'all can come up with some children, you understand me? So it's like, you should think about your future, you understand me? So it's it's a very important thing. So that's why, you know, uh, when, you, when you think about self in a divinity sense, and you think about who you are, how powerful you are, and the gifts that you come with, then all of that self-worth is attached to every instance of everything that you do. And of course, that is hard to find people that appreciate you in the same light that you have cultivated to appreciate yourself. And so what ended up happening is the average person lowers their standard to be accepted and appreciated. You understand me? Because they like, damn, I know ain't nobody going to appreciate me up here. So let me lower it to here and see if somebody fits it right there. 
And, and then you right. say you find somebody right there and say, well, I can nurture them to appreciate me more hourly. Right. And so you can go either one of those routes because sometimes that can work, but it may take much longer and a lot more yeah. mistakes and a lot more heartache for a man to appreciate you after the fact than a person appreciation you coming in there. You understand me? So, you know, like I say, I think the most intentional thing is to know who you are. You understand me? Like if I call myself a God, you understand me? I can only be with a God. You know what I'm talking about? Like I can only be treated like a God. We can only cultivate something that God can do. And anything less than that, I won't be happy with and I can't accept. You understand me? And so when we think in long term, then we know what we we should know when we know ourselves what we're willing to accept in the long term. You understand me? And so I think that's the most important thing. Um, yeah, when you cultivate that thought process of attracting, you know, uh, and, and putting yourself out there. I remember you told me during the, our consultation to make a list. Yeah, see, and I same, made that list. see, same good <laughs> advice. Same good, you ain't made that list. Got the same question. Now, look, this is what I always tell people about questions is that we get we sometimes get stuck in this phase of questioning phase, right. You understand? Yeah. We in this questioning phase and we constantly on the quest, the quest, the quest, 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 instead of getting right. to that answering phase. Because when you put yourself in that questioning phase, it's like a wheel that keeps spinning and keep turning. But when you answer, right. you stop that wheel and you look at some of your results. You're like, OK, then you obsess over getting as many answers as possible. Right. And then if you get right. all of the answers that you've obsessed over, then you work on the execution of those best answers. Excuse right. me. And then you're able to change the, the type of questions you have because you got over that last one, that last quest. You entered out into a different journey. And so that's why it's important when you hear things. It's not like I always tell people, it's not entertainment, it's education. You're supposed to learn from it, not enjoy it. You understand right. me? <laughs> right. But uh, I, yeah, I appreciate you tapping in. This is a for sure. Bye. Peace. All right, we tapped in. Yeah, write that list. You know what I'm talking about? If you get if you get if you get the consultation, you don't you don't do the work. You know what I mean? You're wasting your money. All right, so we got um fellas, stop requesting. I'm not adding you. When Jay's Brown says he says it's a man's world, but it ain't nothing. And not the woman of a girl. All right, so Melanated Goddess, I'm trying to add you in. Let's see if you're there. I made mine, but I have to add more things. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, this I ain't spitting. It's the crown. She already know. Black Don, no, these ain't even my words. These are all coming from, from the crown. I got, When I get that new crown, it's that black and red crown. I get a new crown. I'm going to talk that talk. That's all. All right, so I don't think uh, Melanated Goddess... It's coming on here. So go ahead and send in your request in and uh, the lines are still open and we go tap in. And also, if you're in YouTube, let me know if you all have any questions over there because I see it's a good majority of y'all tapped in right now. Cool, cool. So yeah, y'all y'all in here on YouTube right now. So yeah, if you're in the YouTube world, ask any questions. What's up, Fifth Soldier? That's my brother right there, Fifth Soldier. If y'all see him right there, they just said, yo, make sure y'all add him on there. All right, so Marcelina916. That sounds like some more big area. Let me see. Is you dropping the key to get on here? 
You know what? This is what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to pray with the one. Hey, peace and blessings, good sister. How you doing? Thank you. How are you? I'm blessed. First of all, what's your name? Where you from? My name is Marcelina. I'm, I'm from Sacramento also. Everybody from, from out here in Cali. Okay. I see we tapped in. So, so what's on your mind today? So with it being International Women's Day, um, oh. Hold on, they cut her off, y'all. All right. All right, so Marceline, I'm about to ask. We had one minute left, and they said, cut off. All right, cool. Let me see. She was just about to get into her question. All right, cool. We got you back. All right. Welcome back. Sorry about that. We, had, we, we hit the hour mark. We've been talking up in here. Okay, cool. Let me. You can go ahead and start your question. I'm just typing in this caption. So, with it being International Women's Day, I just wanted to know, um, as far as the men, are there any? Is there anything that they would do for today and continue to do things to support women, as far as on the lines of toxic masculinity and being able to um, break down those barriers? within themselves or to recognize them or, you know, if they feel that they have those traits to not be scared to reach out to the resources in order to become better for some of these women out here that are making these lists to find a good man? Um, that's a great question. And um, here's the thing. The, it's, it's the, the word toxic masculinity is problematic in a sense that it's, it's a blanket statement. And it, 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 without the celebration, right? Because masculinity is to be celebrated because what a lot of women are looking for are masculine men. That's 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 really what they list is, is about. It's trying to find a masculine male that fits into the category of being a man. And so before we can get to uh, men getting rid of any toxic traits, First, they have to celebrate what it means to be masculine, what it means to be a man. And I think this is the approach that we see commonplace in today's society and politics is that we throw out the toxic before we go out. We, we throw out the celebration. And it's kind of like anytime you are trying to fix a person and, and help them with a problem, you don't just go directly and telling them everything that's wrong with them. You first celebrate like, look. You're, you're a great person. You can do this, that, and the third. And then you address something that may exist within themselves that's not perfect. And so I only say that because I never want to be on the side of the what they call feminazis, you know, or 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 misandry, you know, hatred of men. And so I, I, I preference that because I believe there's not enough masculine men, first of all, you know. And what we are seeing is a predominant characteristics of 
and balanced within men, right? So the man that's balanced properly with his masculine and feminine side, they have balance, right? So that's a person that can protect you and care for you, not just physically, but emotionally, right? And so because he also understands that part about himself that he has to take care of, you understand me? And so when you're talking about anything that you can first do for anybody else, you should first do for yourself, right? So he's talking about that inner work that an individual must do. And what I would like to say, uh, only time that masculinity, I believe, is in consideration of toxicity is when it's not matched by self-knowledge or conscious identity. You understand me? Meaning that a person doesn't truly know themselves. And then also, we also have to always go back and do that, that, that research within our childhood and research and questioning all of the different ways that we were brought up. You understand me? Like, did my father teach me the right way? Did my uncle, did, did my brothers, did the stuff that I learned on the schoolyard, like any of those things, were they not of good characteristics and becoming of what's considered that divine masculinity being within that higher mind? And like I say, it's always ugly when you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you got to do any self-reflective work because then you get to look at so much of your past and be like, damn, I was doing it wrong that whole time. And it's kind of like victimizing yourself based on, you know, uh, indoctrination that you received, you know, from individuals who were failed as well, because most of all, their fathers had to fail them, or their uncles had to fail them, or their teachers had to fail them in order for them to fail you perpetuating that. And so I think what we, we also have to look at anytime we're looking at both sides of the spectrum is that empathy of first of recognizing like, damn, they were made into who they are. Everybody's made into who they are. You don't just you don't just get raised the 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 the, the best way in the best cultivated circumstances, and then you say, you know what? During my 18 years old, I'm gonna choose this wrong route. You know what I mean? I'm gonna choose to be so calledly what society considers to be toxic. A lot of times, the individual is thinking they they being the right thing. Like, no, this is what men do, or this is this is how I'm supposed to do. You understand me? And so, if a person doesn't even know then they don't think anything is wrong from their current habits. So to answer your question, I always say the cheat codes to consciousness is the study of the woman. You understand me? But I don't mean it in the sense of just watch what women do, watch the shopping habits and stuff like that. I mean, in a subconscious sense that the gender, the gender of the mind, when we're talking about the subconscious brain, the subconscious is the womb. So any work that an individual does that they want to stick it has to be within the womb of their mind. I mean, it has to be, they got to go back and root out their habits. And you have to practice that through consistency because you may want yourself to be better, but your habits are not better, right? So you have to practice consistently. And then each individual has a different learning curve, especially depending upon environment, depending upon peers, depending upon even the way that they eat and the people they hang around and even some of the women that they hang around. Because if the women could be, because they've been victimized or they've been put in a situation, they can help perpetuate circumstances and behavior that is not uh, inductive of a person having that self-reflection and even seeing themselves ever doing anything wrong. And so it's, it's, there's, a, there's, there's a lot that goes into that. And depending on like race, class, situation, like each individual is in a very interesting, you know, spectrum of where they need to be. Now, personally, um, if you're going to become a better man, you should pattern yourself off a better man, right? Like if, if I've never been in a marriage, 
I'm not going to pattern, I can't pattern my behavior of what I would do in a marriage based on what I would do in a marriage because I've been in it. So I'll find somebody else who's existing within a marriage that has qualifying experience that I can learn from. So when I get in the marriage, then I'll be mirroring that behavior of what I learned from them instead of having to go to the experience and making my own mistakes. You understand me? So for, for one, um, like I say, and, and there's probably not a lot of support or advocate groups for men to come together and become better. Now, we have it in the black community. It's called the FOI. It's called the Nation of Islam. If you want to go to a Monday meeting, those brothers are there already waiting for you to just come and join in the conversation and help train you up. And so because if I do anything wrong, because I was taught from that branch of knowledge, then I always get to look back on what I was taught and be like, damn, I'm not doing what I was taught the right thing to do. Or I get to look back like, Yes, that person taught me this, but they did that. So what was it? So what did I truly learn? What I was told or what I saw, right? And so right. You, we 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 got so many different like dichotomies that exist within ourselves based on our observations and our situations and our circumstances that we have to be we have to be very reflective, and it all comes down to self knowledge. And if you're willing yeah. to do that work, then you're willing to evolve. You understand? But if you're not willing to do that work, then de-evolution sets in as well. We devolve. We don't continue to grow. And so as a as a man, it's my job to say that the way I celebrate women is by becoming a better man. Right? Because that's the, also the way you change the world is because how you treat the woman, she's going to raise the child of the nation. So if I, if I make myself better and I treat her better, she treats the next generation better and the world perpetuates to become better. So I think, yeah, that's that's the best thing that men can do is work on themselves so that they treat women better. Thank you for that. And I mean, for the record, I you know it's not my place to change anybody, and I wouldn't want to change anybody unless you know they asked for some type of guidance or because as women we're nurturing, so yeah. they always want to nurture somebody to become better if that's what they want. So I I wouldn't ever try and make somebody change, but you know I'm definitely here to help guide anybody as far as you know in the direction that they want to go to make a better change facts, facts. Oh, yeah. yeah you know I, I would say evolve rather than change change is one of those words okay. that subconsciously we fight against because you know we don't want things changing who we are we we we, we love who we are so when you talk about okay. evolving it's helping the person become more but change is one of those words we fight against once we hear it. like they yeah. trying to change me like no nah. But I've never heard nobody say, oh, they're trying to evolve me. No, like, nah, I evolve with you. You know what I'm talking about? So, yeah. yeah. That's good. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you for tapping in. Appreciate you. Yeah. All right. We got some good questions in today. <clears throat> All right. Somebody asked on Twitter. Um... When addressing attracting the divine masculine, can you share the importance of connecting on the soul level? Because this is where our incarnational purpose resides. Matter of fact, I want to bring a woman in to talk about this. Like, man, I'm doing a lot of talking. Let me bring a woman in to talk about this. Who want to talk about some of this soul stuff? You know, I'm talking about some of this soul glow. You know, I'm talking about, hey, I play too much. All right, uh, so I see a lot of you beautiful souls out there. Drop a key if you want to come in and talk about some of this uh, this soulmate stuff and all that good stuff. Yeah, I'm talking about. Okay, I see some of y'all. I want I want somebody who's like an expert on this, who at least consider themselves an expert, not somebody like who just has a bunch of random opinions. Who think they know what they're talking about? You know what I'm talking about? 
because I think I'm doing a disservice by talking too much. I want to hear somebody with, I want to hear a woman's perspective and I want to just be able to listen. Is it possible to make each other better in God conscious? Absolutely. Uh, if you don't know if you qualify, you may still be, but I want some. I want somebody that has confidence, and I, I ain't saying that you got to be perfect. I want to talk, but not about soulmate. Well, disqualified. Okay. What was the, the question? Was when addressing attracting the divine masculine, can you share the importance of connecting on a soul level? Because this is where our incarnational purpose relies resides. Now, the reason I said I want someone else to do it, because when she used the word incarnational, you know what I'm talking about? Now, I know she's talking about it on that super spiritual, you understand me, level. Now, I want somebody else to come in and talk about this incarnational purpose. Somebody asked, somebody asked a stupid question. I'm not going to, I'm not going to answer that. All right, so who want to talk about incarnational purpose? All right, well, about to try. Let me see who got something. Oh, Dirty Joe said, I just want to hear this. Dirty Joe. Oh, I'm not, I don't know about that name. I don't know if he's a real woman or not. Oh, my God. Peace Hi, and blessings, dear sister. How are you? Oh, I'm blessed. First of all, what's your name? Where are you from? What's your thoughts? Well, my name is Navadia. I am from Atlanta, Georgia. I wasn't even expecting you to. I was just, I just wanted to listen. I'm not really too educated on everything, but I do know like when souls have been connected, it's, it's, it's a mind situation. It's it's mental. It's more mental than anything because it's. I mean, it's it's not hard to explain, but it definitely is. So I don't know if I'm. It's all good. I appreciate you just for tuning in and tapping in. You understand me? Thank you. Thank you very much. I wasn't much. expecting you to call on me. I'm sorry. I'm, next time I put my hand up, I'm gonna make sure I have more intel about the situation. <laughs> All right. Thank you for tapping in, though. Bye. Bye. All right. All right. All right. Next person, drop a key. I'm adding you in. We're just going to do it non-discriminately. Let's see who, who ready. That's what's up, man. Y'all from y'all all over the planet. Y'all all over. Keys around the guy. Oh, my, my. Oh, my, my. All right, Queen Touch, you be next. The sister dropped the key first. What you want from me? I'm I'm adding the sister in, but uh, we just trying to see if she got signal. Styles by KT. Uh, I don't know. She might not think I was gonna add her in, so we gonna go with Queen Touch. Come on, y'all gotta be ready. I need to get light. <laughs> All right, go ahead. What's in the dark comes to the light. Let's bring it. All right, so. First of all, what's what your name your and where are you from? Because, I mean, I know you guys are really big on homeschooling and everything, and that's what I'm trying to do with my children now. I've been through hell. We live in Arizona. 
I was just out there. Oh man, we we losing a signal. Um, and my child is it age for them to start going back to school? Do you think as a young black man or young child? Um, I missed like the entirety of the question because it's choppy right now. Um, okay. so, so can you start over by first introducing yourself and what's your name? Oh, the connection. It's still bad. All right, go ahead. Go ahead and say your question while we got some signal. Okay. My question is, what are your thoughts on homeschooling? Because that is actually what I'm doing with my child. They're both little boys, seven-year-olds. Um, what do you think is a good age for them to get back into it? Because for me, I stay in Arizona, and diversity is very slim to none. And where we live, there's Confederate flags and shit, and... Um, because we're military or whatever. So it's just an unsafe environment, you know. So but, you, you're um, saying what's the safe age for them to get back into public school? What do you, yeah, what do you think about that? I'm going to tell you, my. I, I can only tell you really generally what my experience was. When I was younger, uh, probably up until sixth grade, I think. It was, I think it was sixth grade. Um, I didn't go to public school. So I went to a private school, got private education in a Muslim school. And throughout those years, that's when I learned the most. Like, I still remember the stuff that I learned from private education. When I went to public school, I didn't realize how ready I wasn't because public school taught me how to be a savage. You understand me? Like, that's that's public school taught me how to be a savage. And I say it like that. Now, the one thing you learn from it, of course, is your experience is different and you cultivate a street knowledge. Now, I'm not sure how it is in Arizona, but when I first went to public school, it was in St. Louis, Missouri. And that school was, it was amazingly savage. You understand me? And so you don't even realize that it's a whole different caliber of badass children until you become one of them and you get around them and you realize kind of how sheltered you was and seeing certain things and your idea of what was bad changes to like, damn, they crazy. And what that does is it expands the borders of what you will and won't do as well. When at first you was kind of confined to like, nah, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. But when you're around other people and the individuals, you know, that's doing it, then you take on their activities as well. So I would say, you know, private education is right now, I think the best education. Um, because right now we have more tools as private educators to be able to teach them many different things that at first there wasn't that many tools. Like the internet is probably the greatest tool and technology, of course, is the greatest tool for homeschooling in, in, in private education. So, you know, at the time it probably would have been a lot harder for my mom to, um, educate me at home. You know, but you can create curriculums and also give them college courses that they can take online. It's just only implementation that you have to figure out is, you know, how can they do things that's like experiential in real life so that it can encompass that as well. And they're not just good. Right. They're not just good on the computer, but they know how they have other skills like critical thinking, problem solving. Being people management right. and things of that nature and, and, and being in different situations that make them more diverse human beings. Right. And so I would say it's like your your biggest uh, challenge is figuring out how can you give them experience, you know, and, and, and creating curriculum and things of that nature around that. 
You know, like okay. you said, yeah, social skills. Because I right. think the private education, education is more than enough. Like you can teach them how to code. You understand me? You can teach them many different facets. And then also the world that they would live in will be a lot different than um, the world that we're currently in. So the way right. business, the way jobs, the way all of these different things are going to be, is going to be a lot different than the current reality. So I would, I would teach them, you know, skills that they can use you know, to start business education now. Like, okay. I know a young man that started at 12-year-old, and that was just last year with his own business, Spurgo, and he he lobbied his mom to homeschool him because he realized he was making more money than the teacher, and he didn't want, he didn't want the reality of what that education was going to give him, which is not as much as he was already getting for himself. And so I went, I went, I was in Philly. He asked me to help convince his mom to homeschool him because he said, I'm making more money than the teachers. I can teach them something. Yeah. And now he's like, now they pay him to come into schools so that he can motivate the children. You understand me? And so like these young children today have such a greater capability and they can also leverage the fact that they're young, which also gives them an experience part, that social skill part. So giving them projects like that and things of that nature allow them to start developing those social skills. And so even if you don't know how to do it, particularly yourself, you can always find someone who has that program and enroll them in that so that they can get that skill. But I would I would I would definitely stay homeschooling. I'm, yeah, probably best. Yeah, private I don't trust I don't trust the public schools at all. You might not Here's the thing. It's like they're going to be spending more time at that school with their teachers than they are with you. So they're going to be raising them and not you. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's going to be the problem is you don't have the power to raise your own children anymore. And so when you send them to those schools and things of that nature, you just don't have it. True. True. And somebody just asked me, do I have children? Um, the question is no. But, you know, I have um, uh, I've been a child <laughs> and, and, and then. I also have parents that, you know, I've learned from and I also have brothers and sisters, um, probably like 10 nieces and nephews at this different point. So so my younger brothers, my older brothers. So, you know, I get to learn um, all of this different stuff. But then I also study a little bit of child development and psychology and just study in general reality of what's going on. And so a lot of people think that being a parent qualifies you to be a good parent, which is not the case. Having knowledge you know, starts to qualify you to be a good parent. And then the experience uh, uh, that you go through as a parent makes you a better parent, right? One more question I have for you, because you're very deep. I like um, how you talk real quick. That's one reason why I guilt you. But what is a good book that you would recommend um, maybe a mother, a single mother or something like that to read for her children, like her boys? Or, you know what I mean? To like encourage them or just to have some knowledge on how to come at them. Um, if, if you have any books or anything in mind, I know it might not be off the top, but you know, just material, any material on that. And, and you said how to come at them, rather? Yeah. Um, we talking about manhood development. Um, uh, of course, I always recommend. Um, the message to the black man because that first sees them with the knowledge of self and I believe that one of the greatest sparks that I've ever had and I talk about this a lot is that my parents ever told me 
is when they told me who I was. They told me I was a god. And when I was younger, I thought that was like, okay, I, that I was like a magical power that I have. And as I got older, you know, I really realized that they were saying that, you know, uh, there's a protocol to it for once that I must have knowledge that qualifies me with this ability to be able to do what I want as an executor. And, you know, reading the message to the black man engages, especially young black boys with that confident building um, thought process that the rest of the world may look at them a certain way. But in their inner mind, they have built up like, no, this is who I am. So regardless of what right. you throw at me, it doesn't matter. I've already created the self image of who I am based on this knowledge. And so being able to put that, I think, creates their their shield when you're not with them, that they get to take that with them regardless of where they go. You understand me? And then as they grow and mature within that understanding, they realize it's something that they have to humilify themselves in situations. They have to always think and outthink, you know, the rest of the world and do their inner work on themselves consistently and get to check out what it really means to be a, a, a boy to a man in development. Like there, there's so much context that goes into that book. But um, yeah, introducing them to that and also just create a list of um men that you respect like that you highly respect that you consider to be archetypes you know of manhood and then allow them to study them so that they can pattern their mind off their behavior so they in certain situations they be like oh so and so would do it like this or so and so would do it like this so they start to think like the right man and so like you're yeah, creating that list is very important Thank you so much. I appreciate it. No problem. Appreciate you. All right. All right. All right. All right. Hypothetically, if I was into women with hood smarts, but I was a country boy, what's the best? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know what somebody said. Hypothetically, if I was into women with hood smarts, but I was a country boy. What's the best approach? I wouldn't want to save her, but I'm having trouble finding out if she's smart or not. <laughs> I'm laughing for one. I don't know what hood smarts mean exactly. I kind of get what you're trying to say, but I don't get it. I need more context. And then you said, I'm not trying to save her, but I'm having trouble finding out if she's smart or not. You know, intelligence... Intelligence speaks loud. So does ignorance. But intelligence speaks loud. You understand me? Uh, so I don't know. Uh, I, you know, uh, yeah, that question. He didn't tell me, you know what I mean, brother. I do not know what you mean, first of all. People out there, I don't know what the brother meant. I wish I knew what the brother meant. You understand me? But I don't know. Uh, okay. I tried to read it again and get a better understanding, but it's not coming to me. Um, because you said a hypothetical, what's the point of saying hypothetical? But but I'm a country boy. Like it's too many. It's yeah, it's, it's too many different. But if you can answer the question in a different way, then I might be able to answer for you. No, I'm not trying to look, man. See, that's why I can't. I can't ask. <laughs> Don't be so sensitive. You understand me? Be a guy. You know, talking about tap in case. Um, if I get the opportunity, you get the opportunity to ask me on live, and we can go through the question because I'm not laughing at you. Uh, 
I'm laughing like at the context of the question and in my lack of understanding. So I'm lacking in my own ignorance. I want you to feel a certain way. So, you know, come to the IG live and you'll be able to answer that question. You know, any other time I go live and just say that I'm Case Goodwin from YouTube. So, yeah, appreciate you. <clears throat> Let me see. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Man, principles in the Holy Quran. Yeah, I mean, you know, people dropping, like, if y'all got books, y'all want to add on there, uh, y'all can add. Um, my only thing with suggesting books, you know, there's there's many, there's so many different ones, and I like to get, like, real specific. The, the, the more specific the question is, the easier it is to, like, diagnose a book, because that's kind of what it is. It's like, you know what I mean, subscribing a book. It's like, you diagnose a problem, then you subscribe a book that you think have things in there, because I got so many different books. Um, I got so many different books that I think that, um, that go very well for different situations. Um, but you know, I always, the, I think the base I always like to go to is like the message to the black man, because if you never read that, then I think you should read that regardless. I told my daughter, she was a guy when she was five and she don't understand. Can you help me break that down to a five-year-old? Because I don't know how. Um, that's interesting. Is that, is that a woman right there? Because, you know, I, I think children develop their concept of God from what they're taught by you, you know? So if you're developing that concept within their mind of who God is, then you get to, you get to define that for themselves. First of all, but you're talking about that God within, you know, and I think that's the biggest thing is that you got to tell them you're not talking about, come on, Moral, she want to talk about soulmates. You, that's the biggest thing you have to start with, you know, is the concept of what God is and defining that. And before you can define that for them, you have to define that for yourself. And so before just giving you, you know, any 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 just gloss over, you know, terminology to use or definition, I would love for you to go upon that search of understanding for yourself, you know, and I have many different books, if you DM me, that I can give you that I think will help clarify and interpret a much better, deeper understanding um, of God. You know, because if, if you're not clarifying it for yourself, then that's the reason you can't break it down to a five-year-old. But when you have a deeper understanding of what God is, you know, then you will be able to break that down in very simplistic terms. And so I don't want to just give you reference knowledge to just say this and that's it. I want you to understand it much deeper so as they grow and cultivate their own understanding then you can evolve with the questions that they have and be able to give answers <clears throat> all right let's see who up there all right let's see let me see man i'm trying to see if i can add my mom's in here i don't know if she can be added but How you how you made my marriage and relationships with myself? Talk about it then. Okay, let's talk about it. Peace, good sister. Oh, she came on cool. <laughs> uh, first of all, what's your name? Where are you from? Originally from Los Angeles, California, but I reside in Wilmington, North Carolina. 
Okay, solid, solid. I haven't been to Woodman in North Carolina yet. Definitely plan on visiting. All right, so what would you like to discuss today? Um, well, I see that you were talking about relationships and you were specifically talking to the women. And I just wanted to say that, you know, I I seen you 19 keys and a whole lot of people that you deal with. Um, I seen how y'all, you know, y'all are really doing the work and y'all shifting paradigms. Um, I came across you on Instagram this summer. I was at my worst. Um, I'll speak about that another time. But um, when I heard you speak about God consciousness and about being proud to be black and how, you know, we can get our families together and things of that nature, it really spoke to my spirit. That's what I really needed. And I've been with my husband for over 12 years. He's an older man. And I will admit that I have done a lot of things in my marriage and in our relationship that did not help. But listening to you and seeing um, everyone that's on your team, it really, like, it really like hit that something in my head to mm. get myself together, get my mind right so I can help get my family right. Mm. And with that being said, um, within my relationship, like I always knew who I was. And so relationships are healing. Like they're mirrors. Like when you're in a God conscious consciousness relationship, you're going to be, in a relationship where you have to see yourself, you have to know that there are things that you have to work on within yourself. So once I kind of got that, it's like a domino effect. My husband, he gets better with certain things. I get better. We're able to get our kids' minds right. So it's just like, it's just a domino effect. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I appreciate you for sharing that completely. Thank you. You know, and it's interesting um, anytime we get any testimonials as this beautiful testimonial. And that's that's all praise due to a lot um, that you shared that um, is that, you know, when you when you're doing work, you don't know who you're reaching all the time because, yeah. you know, unless you're in person, you know, and you get to meet the people, which is why it's important that we go around. And as you say, we do the work and we actually get to meet the people and greet the people because there's there. Weekly, there's millions of people who get to tap in and tune into the different messages. And it's, it's just broadcasting these keys out and doing the work. You don't always know the benefit. And that's important to keep you energized along the journey and continuously doing what you're doing. Because if you're isolated, then you may feel that you're not being validated by the work that you're doing or the reciprocation of the work is not really being felt out there and there's not real change happening. And you may switch up from doing a tactic that have been working. You're just not getting that feedback. So I appreciate you 1000%, you know, with the feedback um, that you just given. And that just made my whole international woman's day. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Yeah. We tapped in. Appreciate you. That's you have a blessed evening. You too. Now, how do I get out of here? I got you, sister. I got you. That was beautiful, y'all. That's beautiful. I don't know what y'all y'all in here tripping in the comments. All righty. I don't want to have to hide the lie from anybody. 
So y'all just be cool. You understand me? Because if I find anything offensive in the comment section, then I'm going to go ahead and hit the hide lock button, and then it will be hidden for you for the rest of eternity. So make sure y'all y'all go to you. Get this shit gangster blood. <clears throat> A book on interpersonal community relationship, please. Interpersonal community. But y'all be having to simplify some of y'all breakdowns. Parents having to upgrade their teachings. What you say on parents? Yeah, I mean, all parents uh, um, should be constantly growing. <laughs> Stop playing. All right, let's see who's next at the top of the list. I'm going to bring you in, Melanated Got It, next. After, let's see, the blazing. The blood. Norwegian. Peace and blessings, good sister. How you doing? What's your name? Where you from? Both of y'all with the goddesses. Yes. Um, so we're from Cali originally. We're in Louisiana right now. Okay. Blessings. Blessings. You say born in Louisiana? Oh, y'all in Louisiana, rather. Yeah. How you doing? Um, <laughs> so I did have a couple questions because I had a... It, it was... Funny at the time, but it wasn't funny mm -hmm. because of how it could have went. But like I said, we're here in Louisiana, and there's a lot of things that go that I go over with her, um, and how we act and what we stay away from, and what we know about the people around us. Um, and I kind of just wanted to get an input on how your parents kind of brought you up, and what are the some what are some of the things that they instilled in you as to how to move around. You know certain people and still keep yourself. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, Without being like callous and because my daughter will kind of just say certain things out loud. Like the other day, there was a man who was kind of talking to her. I was like, "Oh, how old are you?" And it was a white dude, and she was like, "I'm five, but I can't talk to white people." I'm like, "No, don't." <laughs> like I understand we say certain yeah. things, but you can't go around saying that. So I kind of wanted to get some insight on that. Um, you know, um, that's very, very interesting because I remember a story. My parents told me some stuff about white people, and uh, I'm not gonna say it now just because I don't want her to just repeat it blatantly. But um, you know, he told me the white man was the certain the the the, the, the you know the D word, and. Right. What ended up happening is I went to school, right? The first time I went to public school, and I remember I wasn't listening to my teacher. And the teacher sent me home with a note or whatever, uh, or they called moms ahead. And when I got to the crib, she was like, how come you're not listening? What's wrong with you? And I'm like, mom, because he, he a deaf. You know what I'm talking about? And she was like, boy, that's not. <laughs> so she had to go into deeper interpretation so that I can get a better understanding. And, and basically what she told me that, you know, you have to look at the nature of a snake and the nature of a, a snake. A snake is meant to bite you. You understand? You put your hand down there, it's going to bite you. And when when you learn that that's what a snake does, then you no longer put your hand there. You understand me? So you learn the nature of a snake so that you can continuously be safe. So you learn the nature of these individuals for a particular reason. It's not so that you hate the snake and that drives your emotions and your feelings to act a certain particular way. 
or it's not even about being biased or discriminatory about a person. It's about knowing the nature of the world that you live around so that you can move always protected and guided with the best information and knowledge that you have. So one of the things that I think that the biggest thing that, like, like I told the other sister, is that um, they taught me about the nature of the world. You understand me? In all senses of politics, ideologies, religions, like whatever question that I had, they could answer it very dry and blatant so that I wouldn't grow up with a corrupt understanding of why things were happening the way they were happening. And so even how things persist, even when I was younger, I used to always see things that had made the news that most children would be like disturbed or be like, damn, that's crazy. And I wouldn't think so. I'd be like, well, I expected that to happen because this is how this government operates. This is how the reality of the world operates. This is why these things are that way. And so I will always always have le lower, lower, <clears throat> excuse me, lesser expectations and my trust level was never there. So I'm never expecting them to do anything for me. It was always about doing it for yourself and always having the ability to do for yourself. And so teaching me that I was a young God at an early age was the first confident equipment equipment that they gave me to go about the world. You know what I mean? Stomach out, chest up, you know what I mean? And ready to be able to move. But at the same time, I actually went through training when I was younger. So we went through what was called FOI training, which teaches young men how to be men. You know what I mean? How to conduct yourself and be around other men. So beyond just the things that we can teach our children, it's all things that we can show our children. You understand me? And, and the guiding examples and as many examples that we can put our children around of, because at that early age, that very young age, that impressionable age, they're going to consistently just observe the world around them because they don't have true consciousness. They don't have true awareness to create their own opinion. They can they just observe them what they call beta wave of their thinking. And so when they're observing, then they're just taking on all of these reference thought. Mommy did it this way. Daddy did it this way. Friends did it this way. Strangers did it this way. I seen it this way, that and the third. And that's becoming a collection of what their programming is. So it's better that you instill as much knowledge, understanding to them while they're young because they won't understand it. But later on, that they're going to grow off that foundation. And after they grow off that foundation, then it's going to be better to guide them as they become adults. Because we think that this programming at a young age, a lot of people think like, let me just throw them in front of the in front of the YouTube or let me just send them to the, uh, the school and things of that nature. But you're developing who they're going to be as an adult. And so that's going to be dangerous things because you're going to be you're going to be babysitting your children, but not raising them. And that whole time you babysitted these children, by the time they become 18 years old, they're going to have to live the repercussions of what of the ignorance that you perpetuated with them or the knowledge that you gave them. So for one thing, I would like to say that that child does not have any limitations. The limitations always exist within the parent's ability to teach that child to grow into who they can be. And so once you stop looking at that child is having a limitation of even understanding, a limitation of growth, a limitation of all these things. You start to, for one, introduce them to more assets that's going to be great for them when they become older. You understand me? Even the environment of knowledge, I mean, like uh, 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 music that they listen to, you understand the environment of the visual aids of the things that they get to watch, the things that they get to see, and even breaking things down about preventive measures of what other individuals is going to tell them about certain ideas. You understand me? Tell them about sexuality. Tell them about politics. Tell them about racism. Tell them about this, that, and the third. You are supposed to have those conversations with them first. 
You understand me? So when somebody else have that conversation, they can filter through the BS. You understand me? They say, no, nah, mommy already taught me about this. So no, I'm not going to take on your thinking. But at the same time, I think that parents have a, a even harder job today because children have the ability to just pull out devices and, 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 and ask the internet questions that they might not ask you if they're not comfortable with coming to you. So the more information that you can learn and you can give them, then that's very important. You understand me? So when they're researching stuff, they're researching based off what you already gave them. And then they're accumulating more knowledge on that so they can be more wise in it. But here's the thing. When I was younger, I used to go to my mom's and I used to go to dad and I used to think that they knew everything. <laughs> be subjects that I'm sure was way beyond their range. But they would answer it because we didn't have the Internet. So they were my best source. So guess what? I developed whatever limitation that they had because that was the knowledge they gave me. And sometimes you get older like damn. Moms told me that that wasn't even the best way to do it. Her dad told me that. But children today, if they think that they're hearing something that's not right, they're going to research it on the Internet. And guess what? You no longer become their prime source of knowledge. So as a parent, you have the responsibility of continuously growing because the world is changing vastly. And if you're not learning about the world, how can you teach your daughter about the world? You can only tell them about the world you grew up in, but not the world that they're going to grow up in. You understand me? And things are changing rapidly fast. So I believe that it's an important study of uh, it's, 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 it's how much you can continuously learn. And by default, you will pass that down to them, but not just based off the world you grow up in, but the world that they're going to have to grow up in. Like study this social media, study psychology, study, you know, these social changes that happen and study all of these different things so that you'll be able to teach them about what they're going to have to go through. You understand me? Instead of giving them stories about the good old days, about how things used to be, that doesn't matter. You understand me? It's about teaching them how to develop their own world and also how to think for themselves because critical look, critical thinking, like my brother Sabir say, and deep thinking is going to be one of the traits that a lot of people are going to be missing. All of those different social skills are going to be highly missing as social media and as entertain and, and AI and all of these different things continuously develop. Children of the future are not going to have those sort of abilities, speaking abilities, you understand me? People management abilities. All of these social skills are diminishing daily because of technology. And so if you are if you are setting to make them masters in it, you get to curve that effect so that they can go through that and they can continue to grow and just develop into a fuel mature human being. You know, um, but at the same time, environment is it, I always say environment stronger than nature. So make sure they have an environment that cultivates that that idea. It's hard to find that balance because I'm. Some, some of my friends say like you're militant, like you, the way you, you know, she's little, like don't, you know, don't say that to her at all, expose her. I'm like, nah, like I really have to make sure that my child is on point. I don't know how you raise your kid, but right. I feel like it's pertinent for me to allow her to understand things even at this young age before it hits her at this young age and I haven't already you know, these, so. these children ain't children no more. They they they're super computer machines over there. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. You know what I'm saying. So don't let them. You know, don't let other people's ideas raise your children when you know you're doing something right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because they're telling you what they feel. They're not telling you what they think, and that's the difference. People are always telling you about what they feel about what you're doing instead of what's going to be the logical results that that you're going to get. You understand? Because I look at like parenting today is like. Man, it's tough. 
You understand me? Like you really have to be the programmer of your child because the dangerous thing that everybody faces today is the group thing, the group mind, right? Like I say, once you log on to social media, you become part of the group mind. And individually, you may think intelligent on the subject, but once you observe unintelligent thought through a lot of people, you start to take on their thinking. So even if you develop, so you have to develop a child with a very strong mind to conclude their own individual thought, to have that deeper thinking, to have that critical thinking, to have that deeper analysis so that they're always guided by their most intelligent thought. But when a person takes on the rest of the group thinking, then they lose that part of themselves that was intelligent. You could be a genius, but once you become, once you involve yourself in a stupid crowd, you understand me? Then you just take on the characteristics of the unintelligent. And so guiding them through this cyborg collective consciousness that we are creating is very important. And developing those deep thinking, social, critical people management skills is going to be 100% not only important, but necessary when it comes through the world that she's going to live in because everything's going to be automated. So like what's going to be the better jobs is the jobs that the machines can't think of. It is those deeper things. It is those problem solving skills. It is that strategist thinking. That's going to not only help her develop into a better person, but also secure, you know, her value within the world. Because as people are getting away from that, from the machine way of thinking, then they're going to need that so that they can continue to be valuable. They can have a job. They can have a business that they can grow out of. Like consultate. I, I feel like this. My job is safe. As long as technology continues to evolve, people are going to need the people are going to need thought leaders. The more technology evolves, because the more technology is doing everything for you, the other skills start to diminish. So you're going to need somebody to teach you even to think like a correct human being to think for yourself. And so, you know, those skills are going to continuously uh um, be in demand and in supply. And if you study, you know, anybody who's studying this stuff, they're going to tell you the same thing. So, you know, um, I was looking for something cause I had a list of, I had a list of things. Um, and if I find it, DM me and I'll send it to you, but it's a list of different skill sets that I think all children should be studying and learning right now. So, uh, yeah, DM me and then I'll send it to you. Okay. Also one last thing. Um, ever in the Bay Area? Do you plan on coming to the Bay Area? Yeah, I, I was talking with my brother about this uh, yesterday. He does trap art out there. And um, so I'm from the Bay, of course. So um, I think we trying to, he he trying to do something in April. And so um, it, it, it'd be in Oakland and um, most likely downtown Oakland. We're trying to put together the event. It's way long overdue. So yeah. And, and it seems like everybody that's been tapping in tonight is in the Bay, so <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I asked them a lot. My friend, my friend Anthony Mace on Instagram, he he does a lot of trap arts too, so he didn't down there. I know your brother, but yeah. Oh yeah, um, I mean uh, Jesse, the one put it on. He should know me if he'd ever been to a trap art. Well, thank you for taking this little request or whatever, and I'm looking forward to you posting some about being in the Bay Area because, I mean, I don't, I don't really know about much resources, you know, and currently I'm not out there right now, but I'll be back home soon, so. All right, all right. No, I, I will. Inshallah, man, I can do it like next month or in May.
Um, but yeah, I plan on doing it real soon because yeah, it's been long overdue. All right. Thank you. I'll DM you though for sure. Thank you. I appreciate you, good sister. Bye. Bye. Peace. <laughs> um, damn, I want to find this list. Y'all come in with some really good questions. And you know, these type of questions, I'll be wanting to dedicate a whole space, and especially when I got my studies in front of me, so I can go as deep as I want to, because this is like off of the top dumb information. And I'll be studying so many different things, so I'll be pulling from different resources in my mind. But when it's fresh and it's right in front of me, then I can cultivate the thought that I really want to be able to give. But I'll find it later. All right. All right. I'm not sure how much more time we got, but if we have any more time, you know what I'm talking about? I'll pull in. Let's see who's out there. Oh, yeah. That's a good system. All right. So, Melanated Goddess, you are up next. Damn, where is that list? I don't like it. Peace, good sister. Oh, there you go. There we go. I can hear you. How you doing? Blessings and opportunities. First of all, tell people what your name is and uh, where you from. My name is Mariah and I'm from Philly. Philly. I can't wait to come back out to Philly as well. All right. So uh, what would you like to share today? Um, so I had, I had a question. Mm -hmm. So I've been like, you know, really just like getting to know myself a lot. And... I want to know how you feel about like women exposing their body. Like, what is your thoughts on that? I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put it in in this manner. Um, if I had a daughter, I would not want her to be out exposing her body because Why? it's advertisement. And what is it advertisement for? Right, like. I hear the question about self-expression and self-love and things of that nature, but you can dance naked in your mirror and that can be an expression of self-love, right? And, and loving your body. But once you put it on social media, it becomes an advertisement. And then you ask yourself, what am I advertising for? And then what is my brand? You understand me? And so I, 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 I wouldn't want my daughter to be out advertising herself because what would it be for? You understand me, especially in the atmosphere of the internet. And then I was also had this thought that you know, the it, it used to be that when men wanted to to get with a woman or be with a woman, you know, part of that journey um, was you know he's going to be one of the only people in her life to ever see her naked. He's going to be one of the only people to ever see what's under her garment. And that's no longer the idea, right? So it's, it's funny because I believe that it robs some of the, the value sake of how individuals even think about who they're approaching and what they're going for. Because now if you see a thick woman and she's wearing some leggings and everything, not a nice body, you can sort of imagine, I bet she got some pictures of that ass on Instagram. I bet she got some photos, some poses, everything. So... It it, 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 it it robs of, and, and this is just thinking in the purely, you know, physical sense since you asked that question, but a woman's body, it is a divine thing, right? And the exposure 
changes the concept of how the man thinks about women. You understand me? Or not even just from a man's point, but how the world thinks about that woman. And all of these women now are in a constant state of advertising themselves. You know what I mean? And sexually exploiting themselves. But for what reason? Like, here, no, here's another ass picture. Here's another body picture. Here's some more titty shots. Here's some more angles of body in every different particular variety that I could put myself out there. You understand me? So you over-sexualizing yourself for no reason and to at what end? And what are you trying to put out there as far as what your brand is? What are you trying to put out there as far as what are you advertising? And I don't think that people are thinking about the consequence of these things in the long-term effect as well. Like in 30 years, you're going to have a thousand pictures of your body on the internet. And how will that be able to be used? You understand me? These things that we do casually, but we're not thinking of. Like we can't go search our grandma and see her pictures on the internet everywhere. You understand me? Like whatever pictures that she had in her Polaroids is the only ones. But today there's just nakedness because everybody else is getting naked. And it's disguised as, I think, spirituality is disguised as uh, um, self-love and self-expression. Because as I say, self-love can be a very private thing. You understand me? It doesn't have to be. Self-love doesn't have to be a public thing. But you know what? For me, just, just my own personal experience, like the fact that I never really understood what love was until I loved myself. I'm so open with sharing it with other people and letting people be a part of what I'm doing because it's new to me. You understand what I'm saying? And um, I understand everything that you're saying. It makes a lot of sense. And I'm trying to make sense of it myself. So I'm trying to formulate my own kind of opinion on it, I guess. I mean, I, I understand where the ideas come from. But like, it just, just, just but, for but me. Social like, media just, is a I'm very like, new thing. Need, Remember that. I know I don't need the attention. Like, you know what I mean? I don't care. Like, you know, I've, I'm, I've, I've grown so far away from wanting attention from people because I feel like people are not even on my level intellectually. So at the end of the day, I don't even want to be around you. So it, that it, it's just like I don't. I just, I'm just loving myself and it's just like, I don't understand. Like, I, I don't get it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to make sense of it myself. So I wanted to hear what you had to say. And I feel like more so like when you speak of it, it's just like, a, um, you're exposing yourself, but like, you're not saving yourself for a person. Like, I don't know. That's kind of what I heard. Yeah, like, you're not saving like, yourself yeah. for you. You're not, you're not like. It's already there. Like you, there's no you're sacredness not to it as to well. Forward to, because you're already giving me everything. Damn, like, we, we, we got me, like one minute left. So I want to finish this conversation. So I'm gonna go back live again. Okay. Because this is good. I'm a, I'm a topic. This is nakedness on IG. <laughs> All right, let's see where she at. This is an interesting conversation. 
All right. And it's crazy. I had some thoughts about this earlier. Um. So yeah. It, it, you, you know. Also. Um. Cause I think like this. This intersects with so many different other things. Um. And and I feel like you know the nakedness on the IG is just one side effect of the climate of our culture. And I think it also can be disguised as empowerment. And I think that that's where the core of it gets. And then at the same time. I understand some of the core thoughts that women have when they grade it, saying that the only reason, like a lot of women do it out of, it's a rebellion in a lot of sense. It's a rebellion against what's considered to be patriarchal thought and patriarchal rule of, of, of a woman's agency, you know, over her own body. And so it's the same way as Amber Rose and the slut walk saying that, oh, they called me a slut. Now I'm owning it to take away the power from it. But here's my thought about something in that nature of thought. It's the saying that when somebody calls you stupid, you don't act stupid to take the power out of their word. No, you become above that. So you don't fit the definition of what they called you. So by consequence, it's not actually true. And so. What what we doing right now is is like sort of what uh you know it's it's acting out it's 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 more childlike and it's more rebellion instead of revolution, and so I think that it's dangerous when we just get naked and act in a in a in a false pretense of this is my empowerment and as if there's not other things that empower women besides showing their body like intellectual empowerment you know ownership and all of these other different things. There's that too, you know, like you, like, I, I feel like it's, it's like, like a, everything that's inside of me. I, I do it. I talk to myself I, and then I'll like share some of whatever it is that I'm, that I'm like, that I've overcome. And then now there's this powerful like movement thing that comes out of me and I've been doing it for a long time. And then like, now it's like, why don't you just share it? Like, you know, so like, you know, and then it, it's a lot of like inside of me because I don't listen to what people say, but I'll listen to myself. Like, do you think that this would be fine for you to post something like this? But it's like, this is me. Like, I'm not trying to get somebody to, I'm not trying to catch. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I don't, so I just, I, I just, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I just you know, want to hear someone same. else's opinion on it. That's just basically it. But I, I, I enjoy I enjoy doing what I do because it is it's a very powerful thing for me because I'm growing from everything. So therefore, like I feel like if if it becomes a thing where it's not for me and I understand why I shouldn't do it, then it'll be a lesson learned and then I'll be able to talk about that. In in, in this context as well. So like you know, there's there's a class of, of art of you know nudity where it's not seen as sexual. It's seen as art, right? But I don't think I, most most of what I see on the IG is just seen as sexual and seen as nudity in the context that is presented. It's not seen as art, and 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 these same people are not studying art. They're not studying all of these different forms of classical uh, or, or whatever it may be. They're, 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 you see somebody else do it, and then you do it, and so we have that. We also have to ask ourselves, you know what I mean, because you're saying that you're sharing it, but to what 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 end and what extent and for what reason and what point. And I think intent matters when we're experimenting, but we're experimenting in front of the world. And if you ever get to a thought, a culmination that I, I don't think that was right or I think that was this, it's too late because it's out there. And so, it's not that it's not that 
thing is never too late. Well, you I'm in a sense that. that the if 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 you make a mistake in the front of the world, the whole world already seen it. There's no well, about see, but that's the thing for me. That's why I'm so glad that that I love myself because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what somebody else thinks of me. If I realize that what I'm doing is a mistake and I made it, but Instagram is a platform to share. I'm not, I don't care about what somebody else thinks of it. Okay. Well, this is something that I'm going to change. And then now I'll, if I, once I figure out how I'm going to talk about it, I'm going to talk about why I changed it, why I'm not doing it anymore. But I don't, I never think about, the world. I'm I'm thinking about myself and how I'm helping somebody and helping myself at the same time. And that's basically all I think about. Okay. I never think about how somebody else is going to perceive me as a person. Um I, I think this is an oxymoron oxymoron in that because you, at, at some point if you put in an IG then you care what people think because it's a platform it's a sharing platform. Hold on. It's a sharing platform for others to think about whatever content that you put out, whether it's helping or whether it's hindering. Because even if you put it out there for it to help someone else, then there is a, like, I think one of the, the, the worst prevailing thoughts that we send out there is that we don't care what other people think. We don't, we don't care. And I think that that's a way of excusing us just doing things without consequence. And I well, mean, I this, and I, I, everybody cares at some point. There's, there's nobody that just doesn't care. That's like a sociopath. You know I mean? Only if it affects someone else. I'm, I don't care if it's somebody's opinion of me. Now, if it's affecting somebody in a way where it's hurtful to them, then yeah, I care. But I don't care if they're judging me as a person. I, I feel like if, if you're going to say something about me, please let me know why you're saying it and not just talking about me and telling me that I'm doing something wrong. Explain to me why I'm a teacher. So at, at the end of the day, like I need to know why I'm explaining to a child or somebody that I'm talking to and I'm telling them why I'm not coming at them and saying, Oh, you shouldn't be doing that because they don't know. Cause if they knew it was wrong, they wouldn't be doing it in the first place. But, but if here's I'm the thing. When you put something on a sharing platform, then you invite them to the opportunity to share their opinion, whether you like it or not. You invite them right. to be and able that's to. What I'm saying, but I don't care you, about the opinion. But but but, but me, bro. in like, that in that conversation, I'm then if somebody gives you that opinion, you can't be mad at that they're giving you their idea of how they view your content. I don't want. I don't want to debate. I just. I don't know. I just feel strong on what I believe. So I just. I don't know. I'm gonna keep talking. If I feel as though that he's saying something to me that I need to take in, then I'll listen. So I, uh, you know, and, and, and as I say, if I got a, if I got a child, if I got a daughter, I don't want to share no ass, no titties on Instagram. That's just pure point blank. You understand me? Like I say, there's no point. There's just no so point. So how would you, as a father, you're not a father, but how would you, as a father or a uncle, you know, you you, you do have nieces. Um, how would you, if you did see your niece or your child or your daughter doing that, exposing them themselves, what would you say to them? Like, what would your approach be? How would you handle the situation and try to fix it to correct it before it gets out of hand? What would you say? You know, there's but beyond just giving you know quick witty words. You know, it's about the the, the aspirational part of helping her become more. And, and seeing the amount of the amount of value that she has as a human being 
beyond this platform that she's sharing whatever she her experience on. Because like I say, social media, Facebook, uh, all the social media is just one big experiment. And so for one, I, I will expose her to the dangers of allowing yourself to be in anyone else's experiment, even if it's your idea of expression. You know what I mean? And I think the education of we don't own these platforms for one. You understand me? What are they doing with all these data, this information and what will be the outcome of it in the future is a whole different conversation than looking at it in experiential terms. Because I always reg uh, uh, regard things when you're talking about your future self, we have experiential and then we have our critical thinking side. Our critical thinking side is that side to be like, nah, I don't know if this is going to be the right decision for my future that's going to add an asset. Experiential is saying that, well, whatever, I just get to live. I don't care what nobody thinks. I just get to have fun. Now, the, the person that has to live the outcome of all your decisions is your future self. So you get to ask yourself is, do, do I want to engage in this platform in an experiential manner? Or do I want to gauge it in a critical thinking manner, a deeper analysis? And how do I want to move? And then in my future self is going to have to live with the consequences of all my thoughts. Was this an asset to me or was this a liability? You understand me? And I think that's very important. And then also these, these the, this social experiment that we in with social media is to engage us in activities that gets us to put content to be socially accepted and liked and hack our brains and all of these different things. And I think when you give a person knowledge, you equip them with the ability to make the correct decisions rather than assessing it from a judgment analysis or anything of that nature. That makes sense. I like the way you put that because basically what you did was what I do, make, make, make me think about what I'm doing. Like, oh, okay, well, now I can self-evaluate myself. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we that, was very... that was good. Cause, you know, because I... In my brain, because I never had a dad to say anything to me, but in my brain, if I had a dad say something to me, it would be like, take that shit down. And, <laughs> and that's you dangerous know? because so, that's what causes the rebellion. You know what I mean? And then, and, but I like the way you put that. That was, that was, that was really good. That was really good because most people like, you know, I, I got a lot of DMs like, right, you getting out of pocket and all this other stuff. I was like, you're judging me. Like, say something to make me understand, like, why this is not right. Don't just come at me. Like, Well, you know, the average person is not point, doing that much research, though. The average person is not really taking, like, I, that's why I always talk about a deeper analysis and critical thinking. The average person is not really thinking that deep about what they're doing. And so they, 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 a person may have heard someone else say that that's not the right thing to do. So when they engage with somebody, they're going to say that exact thing. And that's why I don't like reference thoughts. They're referencing the, someone else's thinking. And so when you take a deeper analysis to get your own individual thought, which is what I do, and then that's what I share. I don't share the group thought. I share my individual thought. Then it's not coming from a place of judgment. It's coming from a place of critical thinking and, and deeper analysis. And it comes from intellect. It's not coming from what I feel about it. I have no feeling attached to what you're doing. So I'm not going to come with some emotional judgment. It's, it's going to be not. It's going to be reasonable. And it's going to be logical. You know what I mean? And then I can appeal to your reason and your logic rather than your, your emotions and your feelings. And so you can rise above emotion and then think in the correct manner. Honestly, like, you really just, you really, really, really just helped me because... Are we shipped to paradise? I, I felt like, <laughs> I, like, I was, like, I, I seriously was battling with myself and, like, you know, and, like, just trying to, like, make sense of it for my, myself. But then in the back of my mind, 
I keep saying, like, I want to do this for my man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I that's something that I want. Like, I want to do that. For, like, this is something that I keep saying to myself. But it's like, I want to share with myself, too. It's like, okay, right? You, all right, you don't have to share it with the world. Right. You really just helped me. I'm very grateful. You know that? Oh, I blessings am. and there. activities. I appreciate you. T- I appreciate you being open and uh and, and, and sharing it on this platform and, and allowing us to have that conversation. That's the only way to grow. Gotta yeah. be honest. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, this sister. I can't wait to come out to Philly. Can't wait to tap in with you in person. Oh, same. You have a blessing. You too. <laughs> that love right there, boy. We shift the paradigms. Love it because these conversations are uh, they're challenging. You know what I mean? And, and and when you're having these conversations, you know, um, I think with a lot of uh, people, not just men and women, you do come from these from these judgmental, you know, points and a person feels attacked. And when a person feels attacked, anytime they're going to defend themselves and it's going to push them deeper into the corner of their thought process or if you win a conversation, they won't feel correct about it. Right. And so that's a danger because you can perpetuate a habit just based off of rebellion. And, and, and so, you know, that's why I say it's a deeper analysis with everything that we do. You know, we have to be smarter in these conversations and we have to check ourselves much more than we check other people. All right. All right. Let's see who else we got in here, man. Go ahead and tap in the key. Uh, drop a key down there if you want to tap in and, uh, we got a little more time, man, before I go ahead and uh, relax myself. And we've been going in for what, about two hours and 10 minutes now. About two hours and 10 minutes now. That's, that's, that's a long time. I'm about to cut off right here. <clears throat> All right. Uh, let me go ahead and push this up there. I, mean, I should have put this up there, but you know, I wanted to just give to y'all tonight. We go ahead and do it anyway. Yeah, go ahead and be naked at home, man. Go ahead and be naked at home. You walk around and do what you want to do. All right, did y'all have any other questions? I'll take one last good question before I hang it up. The secret is cool. It ain't deep enough to where, you know, it tells a person what it is. You don't really go into the science. The secret just sounds like magical fantasism without going into the deeper science. But I think that it also has helped people guide them on the right track of thinking about the things that they think and the ability that it has to mold their reality and shape it. Uh, what can I say to the French nation? Bonjour, je m'appelle Keys. Tap in. Oh, no. So you can't come in if you're guys. Only ladies today. Only ladies today. Sorry. Sorry. Explain the importance of masculine and feminine being complementary and not equality. So you got to come on and ask that question in a way that you want it to be stated. Yeah, we, we. I took French for four years. Um, French for four years. I took Spanish for like four years. Uh, Arabic was one of the first languages I was taught. Uh, and then Chinese or Mandarin rather was the language that I started to learn while I was working. Uh, 
the Muslim view on women and women means obviously you gotta come in, you gotta come in and ask these questions. Boom boom. All right. All right. Okay. It's Doctor. It's all good. So what's your name? Where you from? You not you, you driving? I don't want you to kill yourself now. <laughs> no, I'm not driving. My friend driving. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> I do got a shirt that say 19 keys. Link in the bio. All right. Um, what was your question now? Um, like the difference between like Muslims' views on women, um, in America versus like overseas. Like, is it the same? Like overseas? Like, when you say overseas, you talking about the rest of the world because every every culture has their different views and differences on how you know um they treat women and you know the ideas behind that. I'm talking about like the Muslim view of it. So in the, in the Islamic like, world, in the Islamic world, um, um, uh, generally, I will I will speak on it like this because, like I say, it varies from different countries to different countries, and so it's like you know, in Saudi Arabia and Iraq and Iran is going to be much different, or or, or or you're going into you know different countries on how they treat women. And uh, uh, of course, uh, there's a lot of, and, and then I don't want to even just put it in the Islamic world, but in that country, you know, um, there's a lot of repressive and, and old oppressive ways that women are fighting and trying to get out of. And so when, when you talk about black Muslims in America, you know, black Muslims in America, we believe that the, the woman is the second self of God. She's to be treated equally. You know, she is a God as well. She's to be treated on the side, you understand me, and, and, and that a nation can rise no higher than this woman. And so she's highly regarded, you know, in a divinity, and she's to be protected and secured and provided for. And so, you know, in in, in every sense of um, the, the religion within Islam, we also taught that a man can't become a God into his full self unless he has a woman. So... She's very much highly regarded in every sense, you understand me? But, you know, when you go to different cultures um, around the world, it's not the fact that they're following Islam. They're following their own cultural norms as far as why they oppress women and treat women in particular ways and things of that nature. Because if they were following the script of Islam or the Quran, then they wouldn't treat women any lower. They wouldn't treat women in any repressive manner or any oppressive matter in any way at all. And so what a lot so of people- they put their own stuff into it. Definitely, and, and, and all cultures do that. They always put their own stuff into it, their own interpretation, or their own way of trying to use this as justification of why they treat women that way, or Romaine and old rules. And like they, like I know they've stoned women and beat women in many different facets in different countries for many different reasons. And you would take someone who grew up in America as a black Muslim that would be around that behavior. And of course they couldn't allow that sort of thing to coexist. So you would have one Muslim that would correct that while the other Muslim is saying that, no, this is how we live. And so that's why we always, it's not the religion itself that do it, it's man's interpretation. It becomes what we call Islam. You know what I mean? The way he does Islam. 
You know what I mean? But it's not Islam because it's supposed to be connected to our nature. And within our nature, we're supposed to treat women as the second self of God. So she's supposed to be there in every sense of the word because we don't have a future or we don't have a better nation unless that woman is treated equally and accordingly to how we would treat ourselves and how we would treat God. And so, you know, I'm, I'm answering this in a very general way. But I know that, you know, even in my studies of the number 19, it's a woman by the name of Mother Tanetta. She was one of Honorable Elijah Muhammad's wives. And I highly regard her in some of my studies as I'm learning deeper interpretations of many different things. And, you know, um, there's another sister called uh, Dr. Ava that's within the Nation of Islam. She's a national spokeswoman for the Nation of Islam. And so just that thought process, and even when they did 1010, the Million Man March, Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan brought all of the different women, you know what I mean, and put them in, in, in front of the stage and let the men know that this is the new shift. You know what I mean? That this is the paradigm shift is highly regarding the women. So, you know, Muslims are supposed to treat women the correct way. You understand me? The same way Christians are supposed to treat women the correct way and the same way any religion that has any guideline or has any order recommends or not recommends, but requires that you treat women the correct way. Now, of course, we live in we live in a man's world. You understand me? We live with the what we call the patriarch. We don't live in what I like to call the God's patriarch, which no, is man and woman living side by side. She has a phone. We have. So you trying to get where? Where you at right now? What is my verse? I can't let it. She, she has a phone. Trying to. I don't know what she's trying to do. But she's yeah, trying to get this right. knowledge. Yeah, yeah. I listen to Farrakhan. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so I think the, the more important question is, the more important question is, is, you know, uh, what time are we in and what's the most terrible thing for us to do? And the most important yeah. thing for all of us to, to do is to treat the woman accordingly. You know what I mean? And I don't care what religion, what you in or what you have, if you're not treating that woman accordingly to her being a God and you're not treating her to her higher self. I'm gonna let them finish. They got going on. All right. Anyway, so that's a great question. Um, just because it takes a deeper view of both sides, but um, thinking in that retrospect, I think it's important, especially you know, on this day, to finish answering that question. Is that you know, the Muslim woman is is is. Uh, a women period is supposed to be highly regarded and you should be, that should be the biggest crime that we have in our reality is treating a woman unaccordingly to her nature and her divinity. And we've accepted everything else except that, uh, excuse me. And one of the biggest tricks that's been played on us is the division that's being caused by men and women being treated against each other. And that has been the most oppressive thing that we've done to ourselves is oppress women, regardless of where we are. And so if if we ever get to that point where women are treated in the most highly regarded manner, then we're talking about a subconscious paradigm shift to where if women represents our subconscious, it represents our habits, it represents our programming, it represents the real change of society. And that's why things like the Me Too movement 
And all of these things are being played out right now because you're talking about the emotional shift of our habits and cultivating a whole new being. You understand me? So when you talk about, let me do this last breakdown of the number 19 for some of y'all that's throwing it out there, is that the first surah in the Quran is al-Fatiha. You understand me? And it deals with um, the language in the in the in the wording and the subscription of how to live your life as a, a, a righteous Muslim. And then the ninth surah, it talks about the hypocrite and the disbeliever. And it's the only surah in the Quran that doesn't start off uh, with Alhamdulillah, which means in the name of Allah. And then the 19th one is uh, Maryam, which means the woman. Now, let me give you my breakdown and interpretation of that, because in the Quran, in that verse, and he's is 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 a lot talking to Mary, and he's telling Mary that you know what I mean you gonna be with child, and Mary like I ain't been touched. What you talking about? And he like it's already been preordained. Now I'm gonna give you my brief interpretation of that as I use it to conceptualize this information, right? So kind your conscious thought of you being a Muslim, you know what I mean, saying the words, you know what I mean, doing some of the right things, right? And I'm also give you context of what the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said on the Million Man March because he opened the Million Man March off talking about the number 19. And so consciously, you, you got the words, you know what I mean? You know what to say, you know what to do to be the right Muslim. But subconsciously, in, in, in the nine, because you got the one that represents the male mind, reasoning and logic, you understand me? Then you have the nine that represents emotional, represents the sea house of memory and things of that nature, Right. So that's where your habits are cultivated in your subconscious paradigm. That's what that's why you do what you do because of your subconscious mind. But your conscious mind can suggest things to your subconscious mind. Right. So um, on a deeper interpretation of that, if I tell you the right things to do, you know, the right things to do. But you may be a hypocrite within your subconscious mind. You might not do those things. Right. But as the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said in the Million Man March about the number 19, he said that when the one is next to the nine and the nine, you know, represents the feminine aspect. And if you look at feminine, you have the word fee, then you have men, and then you have nine. So let's give y'all some breakdown of this, right? So he said the one next to the nine, then it reveals, you know what I mean, that there's, one, there's, there's a secret being revealed. So when you go down to the number 19 and you have a lot talking to Mary or the way I'm interpreting it, the way I'm interpreting it, I'm not saying that's the interpretation. You have a, a, a lot talking to Mary telling you that you already impregnated with this. You know what I mean? Regardless of what you say, it's already been preordained for that to be your nature, right? So it's already be preordained for your nature to be that of a righteous Muslim, for your nature to be right, for your nature to be correct, for your nature to be good. But consciously, you can know what's good, but subconsciously, you can be a hypocrite. You can be a disbeliever. You can be a deceiver. It's not into that conscious information that you know is right is met up to that subconscious mind. And then that mind is impregnated with that thought. And then you're able to birth that which is naturally within you. You understand me? And then that's when you have the balance of that masculine and of that feminine, or of that conscious, or of that subconscious. Right? So that's when that, that conscious... That, 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 that believer, that correct way of doing it meets that hypocrite within you, you understand me? And then they come together. And then that becomes who you truly are based upon your nature. And so when you look at man and you look at woman, every man 
has within self a feminine aspect that he can be taught about and that can be with studied within himself and studied within the woman. And the more that he studies her is the more study of his own emotional side, is the study of his own feminine side, is the study of his own subconscious side. You understand me? So when he becomes emotional or he displays things of that emotional side or that expressive side or that effeminate side, then he now knows what to do because he's aware of that. And now he can rise above emotions into the thinking of a God. You understand me? So there's a transformative process. And that's why we said man cannot become a God without a woman because she teaches and nurtures that within him. And once they are together, then it produces, you know what I mean? That effect. And in, and in Egypt, it was, um, what was it? Uh, Oh, set and hope on Osiris, where she whispered the laminations that 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 rose up the dead black god. You understand me? Becoming a living god. And and women very much have the ability to raise men into the frequency of that God being. And women also have the ability to cut down men. You understand me? That's why when you're talking about domestic abuse, it's not always physical. So a woman may verbally abuse a man and then a man gets emotional and he physically abuses a woman. But when those two are working together in tangent, you understand me? That's when you like the good sister said, you have the God triarch. It's not about the matriarch. It's not about the patriarch. It's about those coming together. And in that combination, you create the God triarch. You understand me? And that's what I always say, you know, it's the black family that's God. You understand me? Because a man by himself is worthless. The woman by herself is worthless. But when they come together, that's when that's that true value. You understand me? That's the true value because, you know, we were made for each other in the most literal sense. You understand me? We were made to balance each other out. She sees the details, right? You create the bigger picture. Boom. Y'all win. How can you lose? You understand me? Like, what you have, she lacks. When y'all pull together, y'all lack nothing at all. In that pair, in that combination, you can win the world, right? You, you, you've never seen a president that didn't have a woman, right? Am I right? You've never seen a president that didn't have a woman because he has to prove himself as a leader of a family before he can lead a nation. So, you know, there's a lot of importance um, within that. And the, the, the greater you treat the woman is, you know, the greater you treat yourself, you understand me? And it's a reflection of self-love because it's protecting self-interest, you understand me? Um, and so that's better for your own evolution. But I appreciate y'all for tapping in and indulging me um, for the evening and allowing me to uh, share space with you all. And I appreciate all of the beautiful women that came in today um, and share time and, you know, reflection and, and had questions and allowed me to be a conduit to stream whatever uh, sentiments that I can give or answers that I may be able to provide. Uh, I'm not an expert. I'm a learner. I'm a student. And in my student mastery, I'm learning to be a better thought leader, especially for critical thinking, deep analysis and divinity. As I learn myself, I'm only teaching others what I'm learning about myself. I am nowhere near perfect. I still make mistakes. I'm still not nowhere near the level I want to be, but I'm constantly learning. And that's the most important part because it doesn't matter about 
how much you go through is about how much how much you go through is about how much you grow through. And if you're willing to do the work to grow, then you are deserving of the chance to grow and you're deserving of the opportunity from everyone else, you know, to allow you to grow and, and, and appreciate that growth, you know, as you go along that journey. So women, thank you for being you. Thank you for having us because without you is no us. And men, we have the challenge of stepping up to make sure that women are protected, provided for, and we are producing the type of world that we will want our daughters to live in. And we are becoming the type of examples we will want our daughters to be with. Tap in. I would ask some more, but I think I'm done. Y'all have a blessed evening. Um, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and add, uh, I don't think I did this today. I'm going to go ahead and add a discount code for women today. So you just type in women and you can go on the site. You can get 30% off. Do it only for tonight until the morning. So make sure y'all tap in. <clears throat> yeah. So peace, blessings. Make sure y'all tap in. Yeah, I'm adding it right Entire order, no minimum. Yep, done. So the link is in the bio. Um, everything real. You talking about? You get the keys. Make sure you get the keys. They come beautifully packaged. If you ordering something this month, there's going to come um, in a red package. You also you can get one of these pens, like I have them here. <laughs> Y'all thought I wouldn't go see them? Ah. You got these. And then, um. Hold on. Then you got the keys as well. And I'm about to go after this. I want to be a real entrepreneur if I ain't throwing in something like this. Talking about. Oh yeah, the YouTube is still going. I'm about to close down this YouTube. Oh, hold on. Got the tape on. Hold on. Be patient with the God. Understand me? So it's gonna come in a box like this. And then it's also going to come. This month, everything's coming in the red package. This will come in a red package, red box. What's all about? And then it comes wrapped in like this gold paper, golden tape, and a bunch of other stuff. It's really dope, though. Um, anyway, tap in. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. It's been um, a good time with y'all. Peace, blessings, and activities. And I'm out.
All right. So live people, I appreciate y'all for tuning in with me as well. <clears throat> thank you, thank you, thank you. Peace. If y'all want to add anything to Patreon or like contribute, yeah, it's up to you. Otherwise, I just thank you for tuning in. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.